Hey, Chris Carantit. Hey, Tyler, guys. What you watching? What you, what you, what you watching? <laughs> or should I say, what have you been watching in 2021? Because it's a real big episode today, kind of. I mean, we're not literally going over every damn thing we've watched this year because this is the third time we've done this. But um, yeah, it's kind of kind of be a year round out. We're gonna do our top five of the year, which me and Chris just exchanged our top five before we hit record on this. It's actually a lot of superhero stuff. So if you're <laughs> you know comic book nerd, welcome. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a main, a majority of what came out this year too. Like if you wanted to see smaller films, you have to go search them out. Yeah, it was <laughs> really um, search them out. It was like, a, like, cause my top five is there's three of them and one of them is fairly contemporary. And one of them, I feel like we should have talked about the first time we ever did this, but it had already been like a few months. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit, but like, I actually can't wait to talk about it with you, even though we've said a lot about it um before we've ever even done a podcast uh, enough of teasing that <laughs> lost my train of thought but yeah no it's a lot of uh comic book superhero stuff here on the show i i don't know about you man but like i didn't watch a lot of tv this year i watched a lot of movies because i think last yeah. year i binged everything because of covid i don't know about you <laughs> yeah well i mean you know this year i i because i've you know started to get better internet at my house which i say that and i'm recording from my work so you know <laughs> whatever but uh, uh you know since i gotten better in at my house i've been watching more you know been able to actually stream more and like this year i picked up netflix and and um uh hbo max and you know just all these different streaming services that i never even touched before because you know my old internet uh i would be able to stream something and then like use up half my internet for the month doing that <laughs> so yeah um but you know like uh Out so yeah I, I, yeah true uh that's <laughs> that's not an exaggeration where i live is in the middle of the nowhere and the closest have... <laughs> house from chris's house is like two miles i think yeah <laughs> not really but it feels like it yeah yeah we're too far away to have fiber internet so we have to deal with like satellite or you know just internet that comes through <laughs> different <laughs> signals in the sky but uh so yeah like i was able to you know get caught up on a few things you know like these these aren't on my list of things i watched recently but like beginning year streaming stuff i like i was able to catch up on cobra kai which i never even saw you know i'd heard good things about it over the last few years but it was able to watch all of that it was just like blown away by you know how fun that show was and um was able to watch uh you know the third season of daredevil and um the the defenders uh, i also watched you know because those were a couple of those netflix shows that i had you know i started watching some of them with friends over at their house but that's just that deal where you can only watch so much tv at a friend's house where it's just like Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna binge this like 13 episode season here. You know, Didn't hope you don't you, mind that up. I'm here for the next 13 hours. <laughs> Didn't you do that like with The Witcher season one or something? You told oh yeah, me? I, I you did. just went to a friend's house. He passed yeah. out. And you stayed up till like four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, no, legitimately, I I went over to his house and he just 
the episodes just kept playing. What was I going to do? Like they have five seconds in between. So I'm just like, I don't even know what button to press. I guess I'm just here for the ride. (laughs) Wow. All right. I'll remember that if you ever come to my house anytime soon, but um, (laughs) just wake up at 5 a.m. You're still there binging something. It's like, I don't know what to press. I just keep playing. The show we watched ended hours ago. I'm watching something else. It just keeps playing new shit. I'm in an abyss. I started watching The Witcher, and now I'm binging Three's Company. Well, it's um, like those YouTube holes where you just start watching one thing, and then you're like, I don't know how I ended up here, but now I know like the secrets of the universe. That happened to me last week. I, I had a, a sick day. Real quick, off topic, then we'll get on to the point of the show. But I don't know. I just started like... Because I had just watched like um, Dave Chappelle, The Closer, which should be on my What You Watching list, uh, the controversial one. I'm not going to give my opinion on it because that's not the point of this show. But because I know it's a pretty, I don't know, anybody look it up if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But I went through a wormhole of just like Dave Chappelle and I all of a sudden remembered a sketch from like the lost episode season. I don't know if you remember where oh, yeah. it was like Eddie, Charlie Murphy and the other guy there were hosting. Cause he fucking up and quit. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like the last episode. It was when he links, I was looking for it for some reason. I couldn't find the goddamn episode anywhere, but it's when like he reconnects with like the girl that turned him down in high school or something. <laughs> and he like, and she's like obsessed with him and she wants to be with him and everything. And like, he leads her on for the longest time and says like, yo, we'll put you on my private jet girl. Yo, I'm going to just like, you know, spend a bunch of money on you. Like, you know, we're going to, we're going to travel the world. And he like has a limousine and everything. Pick this woman up, <laughs> bring her to like this like fucking airport where there's a private jet and she's like blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> and like they take the blindfold over and it, it's like supposed to be i don't know if it's actually like his wife and kids but it's like him with his wife and kids he's like psych what's up it's me and my family we mad happy like, <laughs> i just went through a wormhole trying to find that sketch <laughs> and that's a good i don't know that's a good jumping off point so um before we get to that's, our top that's that's the dream of everybody who's ever been denied when they're like an awkward kid in high school yeah man or woman like fuck it don't try to get with the person who turned you down when you were younger just fucking do that to them (laughs) psych it's me and my wife we mad happy (laughs) what what do they say the best revenge is success yeah i guess (laughs) but he just took it a step further (laughs) um anyway before we get into our top five which we'll do in a little bit uh, we should, since it's been a few months since we've done an episode of what you watching, uh, we should talk about, uh, what we've been watching. I went through a Dave Chappelle wormhole and, uh, you start, you're my guest. Why don't you, uh, you have the floor. All right. Well, uh, you know, one, a couple of things that I watched, uh, you know, last month, you know, I went to, uh, there was a couple of movies that came out in theaters that I actually got around to seeing, Marvel's The Eternals, that was uh, one of the big ones that came out last month around Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, that was that was one that, um, you know, like a lot of it, it was it's been getting a lot of flack because it's like the first 
Marvel movie that didn't do like great. I think it's like not uh, one of the ones that's gotten one of the lowest ratings and all that. So I heard it's been very all this talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I it was, you know, it, I mean, I could see where some of the uh, <clears throat> criticisms came from, you know, like there it is a long movie. Um, that and you're spending a lot of time with these characters that you're just first time meeting and there's a lot of them to get to know but at the same time like I just I really enjoyed it you know I, I you know I don't know anything about these characters in comics you know I'm sure people who do either you know have more that they're drawing from or maybe they were you know felt um, betrayed by the movie or something I don't know because sometimes that happens with adaptations of characters you know and people who are fans of the uh, source material but you know I just I really enjoyed it um Chloe Zhao who uh you know she obviously I think it was earlier this year won uh you know the uh, awards for Nomadland which is one of um, my favorite movies of last year honestly I love that movie yeah um and you know so in in another big thing about this movie that was talked about was that it's uh, a movie that she filmed using a lot more natural light rather than just like, you know, she was actually on locations rather than being on a stage in Atlanta, you know, the entire time, uh, you know, and you could definitely get that sense when you're watching, you know, some of this, this footage in, in the movie, like I'm sure you probably saw the trailers and uh, there's a lot of really like sweeping and epic shots of uh things you know the landscape and everything and like they're talking about these characters who live through you know everything you know humanity has gone through so it was an interesting movie and i i enjoyed it um you know and I'm, i think it's if it's not on disney plus yet it's going to be soon so i think january 8th maybe i feel like that, yeah it's definitely the first couple weeks of january and that's because i i mean it's still in theaters at least yeah. close to me, because when I was looking up some times today, I saw it was still at a theater down the street from me. Yeah, and I think you're I think you're right. It is going to be like sometime in January. I'm kind of waiting for it because. Yeah, I, I, I'll bite like the mixed reviews did kind of I, I don't listen to reviews, but I think just because mm-hmm. of how my life is right now, it's just like, OK, if I can see that on Disney Plus in like two or three months, fine, I'll, I'll wait on it. Yeah. <laughs> But usually reviews don't really get to me if I'm set on something. I'm set on it, but I'm I am intri- intrigued to see it though because yeah. I was such a big fan of Nomadland. I think it's cool that like Marvel and Disney are taking a director who does something like that of that caliber because that was just yeah. such a beautiful movie. I think that's like a uh, pretty hopeful for you know art house. Yeah, they they take big swings on you know smaller you know people who work in smaller mediums you know like like look at the russo brothers they were yeah the biggest thing they were known for before those movies was what arrested development yeah <laughs> yeah they they like to you know look at it's it's almost like looking at you know this like oh he's gonna be something someday give him a movie <laughs> give him a huge budget movie because i mean they didn't know when they you know i think this you know eternals was completely shot and everything before uh she won the awards for nomadland i think it was yeah i think that was one of those movies that got you know kicked back because of the pandemic and everything like it was put on hold for a while yeah so yeah just (laughs) to have like that kind of forethought about like 
oh, we get this person. And then just so happens, oh, now you can put, you know, Academy Award winning director, you know, on uh, your trailers for this movie. Yeah, it helps. So I got one that I know is also on your list, so we can kind of share it here. Uh, about a couple weeks ago, Netflix dropped the volume two or part two of Masters of the Universe, the Kevin Smith executive produced a uh, little five part series. Uh, we, we talked about it. I think the last time we did this, the part one and how I was kind of like, no. what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, people were like, Tyler, you're, you have toxic masculinity. <laughs> and, but like, no, it ended up being really, really good. And the follow-up, I, I think when I was at your house back uh, about a month and a half ago, you played the trailer for me and it was so fucking cinematic. And <laughs> all I got to say is, yeah, it didn't lit up. Volume two, I don't know. I don't know what you have to say about this, but it's just a fucking fun time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we watched that trailer and after watching that trailer, it's just like, yeah, I want to go do karate in the woods. Going to go fucking chop down a tree with my hands. It's fucking nine <laughs> o'clock at night. Let's go out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this makes me feel like a man. No, it's just, it's, it's really, really cool. Feel like a badass. <laughs> it's just really, I mean, the animation is, I think it, it has a very nice nostalgic feel from some, some shots feel very like, I think when there's like a lot of action going on, it feels like they get a little bit of a nod from anime, yeah. um, but it doesn't really look like anime, but yeah. I, I mean, some of those, some of those action shots in the final episode, uh, when they're having those big battles, it's just like a lot of that was just like, okay, that straight up looks like some crazy anime shit that they were doing. But at the same time, it's like, it also has that nostalgia where you're just like, yeah, this is what it felt like watching the show when you were a child, <laughs> you know, even yeah. though you watch it now and it's just like, it was nothing like that. <laughs> I just like, I liked how it like expanded on the world a lot. It wasn't just, yeah. I mean, they, you know, spoiler alert, anybody hasn't seen it, just scroll ahead like two or three minutes, but uh, you know, something happened, obviously He-Man kind of gets, I don't want to say killed off in the first part, but he's like, I don't know what the word is if you know what I'm getting at here, but well, I mean, they do straight up say that he he did die. Like, yeah, in that, but in that first part, he's back in part two, yeah. and it's just and another thing that also happens I thought was really cool is like because of the villain that is that's created, which was voiced by what's her face from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, Lena Headey. Yeah, and I was just like, uh, she just plays a medieval, even though. He-Man is not medieval, but it just it kind of feels a little bit. But it's like, yeah. oh, she just plays those roles so well. And you end up having Skeletor and He-Man having to work together, I thought was yeah. a really interesting. I, I just think, I feel like, you know, Kevin Smith sits down in a boardroom and just goes, okay, we're going to give the audience something that they're not expecting that might strike a chord and, you know, put people on edge and might hate us for a while but we're going to have a hell of a fucking payoff here. And that's why Kevin Smith's just a genius. And, you know, yeah. him being pretty much a showrunner of this, I think was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Between, you know, him and he also, he knows that, you know, he like, he knows to work with people who are going to like make him look better, you know? So that's why he, he gets a lot of good writers behind him and, you know, voice talent and, 
you know, even like the Bear McCreary doing the music in that show, it was just like the music was really fucking kick ass, but also like epic when it needed to be. And just, yeah, everything in that show really came together. And um, yeah. yeah, it was just a super enjoyable show. One of the things I remember seeing uh, people talking about in, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, reaction videos. It's like this, the show feels like a guy taking his, his action figures, put them out on the fucking ground and just, yeah, like do some cool <laughs> shit, you know? And yeah, like that's, that's, that was what that show was, but at the same time telling a great story and, you know, <laughs> when, uh, a, a small spoiler, but it's also in the trailer for the second part of the, you know, this series, but when, uh, when, Prince Adam calls down the power without the sword and he just becomes this huge stack of beef <laughs> fucking ripping through the <laughs> Skeletor. It's just like, yeah, yeah that, was, that was some crazy shit. I think they should, hopefully this starts a trend within what we see coming out. Like if you're going to, if you're going to bring back these, this, these kind of IPs, like if you're going to bring back Thundercats. Oh yeah. Like, Let's ex- like this <laughs> like let's explore the world and let's not give you because that's the thing with these nostalgic revivals like they're kind of giving you what you've already seen you just like mm-hmm. the idea of it and you know so therefore once you're done with it you're like well i i just i can just go watch the old thing again like you know yeah. so I, I think if you're going to bring back these ips of like 80s and 90s cartoons that we miss and that we love and the internet, you know, fanboy and fangirls out about try something new with them. So. Yeah. Uh, which was, uh, you know, a great thing that they did with this show and how like, because so much of the first half, you know, was without He-Man, it was able to explore all the other characters. And then when you get back to the second half and He-Man's back, you're still able to tell the full story and like, come full circle with each of these characters and their stories that they had and where they were left off and you know just everything worked so well like i'm kind of curious if the show would have been as polarizing if they had released all you know both part one and two at the same time but at the same time you know it wouldn't have gotten the conversation that it did have you know if if it was all at once like yeah it, it might have it part you know partially helped it yeah, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, but it also could have hurt it. Like, I don't know how many people who were, com- you know, complaining about the first half came back for the second half, or if they just saw that, you know, second part trailer and was just like, "All right, I'm back in." <laughs> okay, um, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Ha- I have one that I know probably isn't on your list, but since. I'm going to piggyback off of what I just said about nostalgic shows mm-hmm. since about October, I've been doing a nostalgia watch of goosebumps. It's still on Netflix. <laughs> I thought like it was only going to be on for October and then they would just pull it off. They were just keeping it on for the season yeah. for Halloween, but it's still there. Like <laughs> on November 1st, it was still in my continue watching. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I have been, <laughs> binging the it's five seasons but i think the fifth season is like goosebumps i remember probably you remember this like late 90s they released like made for tv movies but they did it in like two parts 
I think mm-hmm. like there's the haunted mask one with like that green monster mask. And I guess yeah. they did like five of those. And that's like season five, I guess that's on Netflix, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm like halfway through it, but like I've slowly, but surely been just binging goosebumps. And for a while it like, first of all, I fucking forgot. Ryan Gosling is in an episode of <laughs> goosebumps. I think it's the one with the haunted camera. If you remember the books, I, I don't know. Yeah. But like, I'm watching, I'm just like, I'm, I'm watching it. And then like, there's this blonde hair, like typical, like not long blonde, but just like that nineties, Jonathan Taylor, Thomas look hair. Yeah. And I'm like, I fucking Rick, that I'm bowl cut that all of us had. <laughs> yeah. But like Ryan Gosling can fucking rock it when he's 14. And this is pre remember the Titans. Like this is fucking like, it was kind of funny. Like I'm, I'm, I I started it and usually my routine was for a while. I put an episode on before I figured out what I really wanted to watch. And my wife's like going to bed and she comes over, kisses me goodnight. But she's like, Holy shit, Ryan Gosling. (laughs) And it was crazy to see kind of, you know, him at the beginning of his career. But I mean, there's no other like names I can drop who are on that show, but I bet who knows what I've still yet to discover and who ended up becoming something from that show. But let me just say about goosebumps. I just should have kept it as watching it as a kid. (laughs) It's it's one of those, uh, it's one of those shows, you know, like it's cool in concept. I had the books and like, you know, I RL Stein's a fucking legend and I appreciate like, you know, his input into being an author of the books he's put out. And this is what I'm trying to say there, but like the show is it's for kids and it's not for adults. It's it's, (laughs) there's nothing about it that I really enjoy. I guess there's a little bit of comfort food from time to time in episodes like night of the living dummy. That being said, I'm still binging goosebumps. I don't know why. I'm like stuck in a wormhole. <laughs> you just don't know what to watch, so you just put that on. Yeah, it's just kind of like if I have nothing to watch, just to kind of ease my mind into going like, hmm, what am I in the mood for? Or if I'm folding laundry, I put on an episode of Goosebumps, and it's not very good at all. It's almost laughable. at t- The first season especially, I feel like every episode got a budget of like $250. <laughs> <laughs> They hired local actors. I guess they shot the show in like Atlanta, which I didn't know Atlanta was popping in the 90s for the film market. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. But anyway, I, I just thought I'd branch off of Masters of the Universe with some warm nostalgia, but not really some good nostalgia. Because sometimes nostalgia can bite you in the ass and goosebumps. Nah, take it however you want it. Some people may disagree, but that's just what I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're up. Uh, all right. Well, I uh, actually kind of going into more nostalgia. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Another movie that I did go to see last month uh, that was in theaters, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, I still have to see it, man. Yeah. I know it's like really, I mean, for all I know, you're going to say you fucking hated it, but I heard it was <laughs> really good. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually, I did really enjoy it. Um, it was one of those, like, it's kind of funny, the day that I decided to go see it, I, uh, I was on my way home from work on a Friday night, and uh, I called, you know, I called the house and uh, found out that the power was out, so I was like, well, fuck that, I'm not going to go home and just sit in the dark, so I went, you know, looked at the theaters, you know, times, and it was just like, 
screw it and drove down to Hadley <laughs> on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. You know, literally it was like, you know, about you're you by know. yourself. Yeah. Dude, you know, more just... power to you, man. I go to a movie by myself at like Tuesday at 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, you know, usually if I go to a movie, it's yeah, by myself, it's during the day or something like that, or like a early no afternoon shame. or something. But, but yeah, it was just literally like that deal where it's like, well, I don't want to go home and just sit in the dark, have nothing to do. Like, you know, my house, like if I have no power, I have no Wi-Fi. So I'm just, I've housed it at your house. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I'm in the dark ages. Otherwise, if that's the case, like, what am I going to do? Read a book by candlelight. <laughs> it was a tough winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just went to go see the, that movie and uh, I actually really ended up enjoying it. You know, I, I, uh when i went you know i wasn't sure what to think like i i kind of had a, a guess on you know just based on the trailers like what it was going to do and you know like no no nothing about the movie really like caught me by surprise or anything you know like it was uh, i pretty much saw everything coming but at the same time like it's not i'm not saying that it's like a bad thing i just i really enjoyed it you know and um one thing that i caught in a review after watching the movie that somebody mentioned that I actually kind of agree with was, uh, you know, that like one of the reasons why Ghostbusters sequels haven't really worked before. Um, and that this one did was how, if you look at that first movie, like these guys, even though they're college professors at the start of it, they're basically just big kids. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to go into a sequel with characters who are kids and mm -hmm. then the only real adult that's involved with the whole thing is Paul Rudd, who is always a big kid in all of his movies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like it just it works, you know, that way having, you know, having that and um, and also just the way that this movie kind of builds up these these Ghostbusters where it's like, you know, you, the, the kids haven't really heard about them before. Um, but then they learn about it through their teacher played by Paul Rudd and they start to catch on but what everything happened it was and you know obviously if you've seen the trailer you get the sense that you know the, the kids they're uh egon's like grandchildren um so like and you know this movie does this whole thing where at the beginning of the movie they actually have like an egon you know they kind of set up you know the reason why he's like this movie is like happening why he was involved and why he's no longer here because obviously, you know, Harold Ramis, he passed away several years ago now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the way that they used him, um, it, it was really well done. And like in that whole beginning, you know, part of it, like they don't, they don't, they're always, the way they're filming it, they don't actually show his face. So they're like able to let you know that it's him without just straight up being like putting a camera in a, in a, you know, a lookalike's face or, you know, whatever. And, and um yeah i just you know i'm not not really a spoiler just to say like it's a ghostbusters movie so you can kind of assume like eventually you'll see a ghost of this guy and the way they did it it was like it was really well done and i get the sense that you know it was the type of deal where if he was alive he would have signed off on this being like yeah this this makes sense like the, this is the way to do it um yeah, and this movie just, it really felt like, you know, 
those old movies like in in a way um will also being something completely different because you know one of the one of the things with the original you know ghostbusters 2 like it it uh it was that deal where it didn't quite work for a lot of people um i've, I've heard like reviews and you know just criticism from people saying it's too much like the first one or whatever i i always enjoyed it because i was a kid when i saw it so i was just like yeah more ghostbusters mm. but uh but yeah and then you know obviously if you've seen the the all-female ghostbusters that came out in i think 2016 like you know a lot, that one didn't work for a lot of people and just i never had a problem with the, the fact that it was all female i just didn't like the fact that it was an snl sketch the entire movie yeah, I think that was my problem with it too. I've said like, yeah, I didn't really care for it. And I've been called like, oh, you just didn't like it because it was an all female. They were doing all female. And it's like, no, yeah. it, it just like, there's something, it didn't. Like the lead in this new Ghostbusters is a, a, chi- you know, a female child star, you know, like uh, what Grace McKenna, she's been yeah. in a bunch of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's the fact that the like you look back at that first movie, the humor wasn't just like joke, 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 joke. Here's some dialogue about something mm-hmm. going on. Joke, 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 joke. You know, like the jokes were part of the story. And like, you know, it was, it felt more real, you know, when they were giving each other shit and just the conversations they were having. Whereas, you know, that Ghost Versus in 2016 was, like I said, it just felt like an SNL sketch the entire time. You know, it felt like all those movies that, you know, that, um, what's her name melissa mccarthy has been doing for the last few years um only recently has she started doing some stuff that actually shows some range and Mm -hmm. and like playing parts that aren't just that same character every time where you know this bombastic over the top like person and you know these are all supposed to be scientists and whatnot and they're doing all these bits throughout the entire movie like and good for her she had to pivot her career because you know you get stuck in that mold yeah, of being yeah. the funny maybe i shouldn't say this but i'll say it being the funny overweight you know character and yeah. you know it probably took like 5 or 6 years but she developed enough clout within i mean know, look her at career. look yeah i mean look at how you know how depressed chris farley got with in his life because he was yeah. stuck in those roles and he was never able to break out in the way that people are today with some of these smaller movies that they can do where they're actually able to do something different. You know, like, could you imagine if Chris Farley would have been able to do some of that, you know, get a, a role that really yeah. tested him? Right. I thought, he, yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows? It, but God damn it. I miss Chris Farley. No, I wish I had like black sheep on this list, but I didn't watch it recently. <laughs> um, yeah. But what I do have, on this list. And this was an interesting little watch. I, all right. So I no longer have Apple plus because I'm a cheap bastard and I, I got one year free with it. Uh, Cause I got an iPhone and my new iPhone last December. So literally my subscription just ended, I think like a week or two ago, I got an email about it, but a, about a month ago I watched uh an Apple original or Apple plus original with Tom Hanks called Finch. I remember seeing the trailers for that. I really wanted to check it out, but you know, I'm not getting Apple plus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like Apple plus is taking their time, but I will say what they put out is really good. Yeah. Um, And, but honestly, if you you ask me like out of all the streaming platforms, it's the most confusing 
because there's like <laughs> stuff you can find it and like besides like netflix originals but like there's new releases of shit you that will pop up on apple plus and you're like yes i can watch the new bond movie oh no i gotta pay 20 bucks fuck <laughs> yeah like they promote yeah. it like here's you know no time to die and yeah but you're like oh fuck never mind i can't watch it i gotta pay for shit yeah but it's the, like the originals are pretty good I've caught, I, I have, and it sucks because I didn't finish the second season of Ted Lasso, but Ted, Ted Lasso is exactly what I think everybody is saying it is. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. I think it's a, a bolt of good energy and very, <laughs> would have been like a lot of dark divisive times in the world. But yeah. um, there's another great M. Night Shyamalan uh, executive produced called um, Servant, which I've only seen the first season of. And I started the second season, but then again, I don't have Apple Plus anymore. But anyway, what I was getting at was Finch is Tom Hanks's a post-apocalyptic, you know, adventure story, really. Um, and this is just like, I don't think this movie is really going to do much. Like, I don't think it's going to be like an award winning thing. Like, you can tell this was like Tom Hanks's first movie he did, like, Right after he was cleared of COVID. I don't know. Cause I remember that. I, I remember like, you know, when COVID was just starting to show up, like nobody made a fuss about it. But then all of a sudden when Tom Hanks had it, I remember feeling a shift. Everyone's like, Oh fuck. Tom Hanks has it. This is not America's sweetheart. Yeah. Dude, like the, one of the nicest guys who knows for all we know, Tom, Tom Hanks is low key, like the meanest man on the planet, but <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but like you never know. <laughs> uh, I think if he was, you probably would have heard one of those recordings like they had of uh, Christian Bale and Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, um, that, that shit would have been heard about by now. But so Finch is a movie that has a dog in it. And the first thing, so I, I remember just like scrolling through Instagram one Friday night and I came across a sponsored ad for it. And it's, it was just kind of one of those cool things that when like you find out about a movie and you're like, Oh, I can watch it right now. Cool. And that's the one thing I will give streaming props for. I know I like to kind of still have my physical media, but like streaming where it's like, Oh, this looks interesting. I can watch it. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I'll even stream stuff that I have on physical media of sometimes because it's like, I can't be bothered to get up and put it in. Yeah. (laughs) So this is like a, this is a post-apocalyptic like road trip movie. And Tom Hanks is this engineer for this company somewhere. I forget where. And he's like, you know, kind of to his knowledge, one of the last people alive on earth. Like it's really just him. And he's working, he builds little robots that, and he lives with his dog. And the first thing I had to look up what I do with every movie, the fucking dog, if that dog dies. (laughs) And the thing is, is spoiler alert. The dog does not die. Tom <laughs> Hanks dies. There, I spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of got that sense. Like, there's a line in the trailer about like uh, he's building the robot to kid take care of the dog. I think, yeah, or something like that. Because like, what happens? Is, I don't mean to give it away because I know you hadn't seen it, but you said you're not going to get Apple Plus anytime soon, and I don't know how else you're going to be able to see this movie for the next ten years. Um, yeah. <laughs> fuck, I kind of feel bad for doing that. I might cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like so the dog does not die but tom hanks has radiation poison 
Um, he finds out he doesn't have a lot of time. So yeah, he's trying to teach this robot to know how to take care of the dog. And basically, you know, I always like to know why the world has so-called ended and pretty much like the sun will kill you is basically mm-hmm. what it is. Like if you step out into sunlight, you will just begin. You're just going to begin to burn. Yeah. So I take it's like a thing with the atmosphere type of deal yeah. or some shit like yeah, there's always these big, crazy, like, heat wave, like, sandstorm things going on. And, like, I think what he's, I think what they're trying to do is, like, I guess he catches wind of um, there being, like, people living in San Francisco. And I think, I mean, he is, he's Tom Hanks's character supposedly living in, I think it's supposed to be, San, I mean, it's all CGI soundstage, but I think it's uh, St. Louis. So mm-hmm. they go on this road trip. And they're trying to avoid this uh, big, crazy storm and trying to survive, basically. But to my general feelings about the movie, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, it's probably not going to, you know, get any really buzz. I haven't heard a lot of Internet buzz or Internet chatter about it, but I thought it was a really good, like wholesome little movie. And, you know, I don't think we get movies like this anymore. Uh, Maybe we do. I just I don't see them like as frequently as we did when maybe like you and me were kids. Yeah, and, you know, you know that there's going to be kind of this tragic tear jerking end, and there is, but thank God it's not the dog. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's de- there's definitely like a lot of poignant moments that lead up to the climax. There's really no like crazy action, like post apocalyptic action. It's just, I mean, there's some things where they're putting their money where their mouth is with the production, but you yeah. know, I, I think Tom Hanks is you know typical Tom Hanks, and like you can't hate him and like he please like you can tell like his character is such a nice guy which for a tom hanks role i know that's so generic but <laughs> but like i don't know like he seems like such a loving guy to his dog and like yeah. to these robots like he like for his situation in the movie the fact that his character keeps his composure so even keel is astonishing so yeah if you have Apple Plus, if you have anybody out there who hasn't checked out Finch, um, I don't know. I highly recommend it. I think it's safe, you know, to watch it with the family, but you know, gets a little heartwarming at the end. Heartwarming <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Okay, you're up. All right. Uh, so next thing that I have on my list is uh, it's actually something that I caught um, when I went to go. Uh, when I went to go see my weed guy, <laughs> I stopped by his house one day and uh, you, you know, watched the entire series. <laughs> no, <laughs> after he went to bed. Uh, no, not quite. Uh, you know, just hanging out. You know, um, you know, he's put on this show that he, he literally just started uh, that day, and um, I think it was like first episode. You know, he was just like, "Oh, this looks good." And, you know, he, he's on uh, this anime called uh, Log Horizon. It's on, um, it's on, uh, I streamed it on Funimation. I don't know if you've heard of that one at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, just a typical anime streaming service that, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have it, but you know, my buddy, he, he had it and he started watching that show. I caught the first episode and was really into it. So I was just like, all right, went home and ended up, you know, seeing if it was available and it was on my my smart tv so yeah downloaded that and started watching that show um it's you know it's a really fun show it's it's uh about a um 
I've heard that this is like a thing in anime, but uh, it's a show about uh, these characters who get sucked into this video game uh, and like into the video game world that they're, you know, their like favorite MMO. And it's just like becomes a real world, you know, where so it's just like uh, thousands of, you know, actual world players get sucked into this this game world and they're having to deal with you know how it works and like the new way that things work in that world and how how to interact with it um like uh, one of the big things in the first episode is trying to figure out how the combat system works because they still have access to like the, the the hud you know like the the heads up display if you don't know gaming terms yeah, um, I got you. so like you know just their menus and stuff like the, you know and it's it's one of those turn-based games so it's like they're trying to figure out how this all works but also it's working in real time so eventually they figure out that they just have to go with their like gut and just do the actions and their trust that their body knows how to do it because of like the whole gaming world and you know that's how it works um it was kind of really interesting the concepts they bring up in it you know like uh one of the things that they do um in the first few episodes is like food is it looks delicious but it's tasteless and like you know it's this weird thing where because they're making food through like a menu in the game it doesn't quite work and you know their food like i said comes out tasteless but like their ingredients have taste so eventually they figure out that just cooking like an actual person instead of using the display like is what makes the food taste good you know you also have to have this whole thing in the, the show about like you have to have the cooking subclass in order to be able to do it. so it's just this? this whole yeah it, it's it's this like it's just taking all this video game logic and putting it into like a real real world scenario through this anime. And just, it was like a really interesting concept. I had a lot of fun with, you know, watching it and it just, it's straight up watching the show. It was just like, Oh yeah, this is like the most anime thing I've probably ever watched. Cause like, it just does all the anime things, you know, like any, like you look up anime cliches and this show does all of them. <laughs> so much so hard but it's you know it was really enjoyable you know i i enjoyed the the characters in it um and like you know just the way that they like you know the way the typical thing that in anime how they like oh they have to discuss all the things that happened in really specific detail and it's just like it actually makes sense because they're describing how this world works and like the systems in the game world and whatnot so yeah, it was it was an interesting show, and I you know I enjoyed it. Um, I guess it's one that came out years ago. That uh, it, it I think it first season came out in like 2013, and then the second season was like 2014, and then I saw the third season was something like came out like last year or something like that. So mm. it's like really all over the place with the <laughs> <laughs> with like this release schedule on this thing. But uh, yes, yeah, so I've looked it up. I'm, because I was curious to see if there's another season going to come out ever. I don't know. So it may have just ended well, where it did, or it may have more. I, uh, anime uh, anime does that with their shows. Like, yeah, <laughs> they'll just they space it out. Like, I don't know. I'm sure fellow contributor to the show, Cedric Carter, knows a lot more about that than I do. But uh, yeah, I've always noticed 
because he's a big anime anime guy yeah. but uh, i've always noticed that they they release them like two three years apart from each other sometimes they just do a one and done and you know leave it as is yeah all right what was the name of that again uh, it's called log horizon uh destruction of the round table it's i mean okay. if you just look up log horizon you'll find it but like the the, the second part is just like this whole subtitle that they have with it but yeah like all right uh, yeah, it was a really fun show. I'm going to speed round a little bit here just because I want to get to our top five. I'm going to do t- my last two um, real quick. And I haven't watched, finished it yet. I haven't watched it yet. Why am I saying that? <laughs> I haven't finished it yet. But uh, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Just taking a shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> just taking a shot in the dark. I heard about this. I heard it's good, <laughs> but uh, don't take my opinion. Um no, we just got a Paramount Plus, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't want to get it because, like, I was like, you're just tacking on streaming platforms, but I needed <laughs> to like, watch the Patriot. At what point are we just paying for cable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I needed to watch the Patriots game one day, and, you know, my wife was just <laughs> like, let's just get Paramount Plus. Fuck it. I actually kind of like Paramount Plus. It's There's a lot of cool yeah. stuff on there. And, like, there's a lot of, like, old movies. There's a lot of... You know, like you can get a quiet place too on there if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, oddly enough, I randomly and this should have been on my list, but I'm quickly gonna mention it. I I watched. You ever heard of Domestic Disturbance with John Travolta and Vince Vaughn? Yeah, I actually remember uh, we rented it like when I was a kid one and watched that, and uh, yeah, that was one of those really like weird early 2000s movies it came out like not long after 9-11 i think it was one of those movies that may have just taken a financial hit also because 9-11 had just happened and yeah i, I might be wrong about that might I, you know I, it says like i think like october 20 2001 was the really i don't know i might i guess i'm wrong yeah well um, nobody's really in the mood to go see <laughs> a fucking downer of a movie after you know like yeah this is not exactly what you know you probably want to look at something a little bit more i don't know hopeful funny maybe i don't don't even remember what i was but anyway um so i actually finally clicked on uh the originally it was cbs all access but then you know cbs all access became paramount plus so they just brought all that shit over there but uh the new 10 episode miniseries for the stand based off oh, Stephen yeah. King's book. Um, I, saw I actually the, had heard about that. Yeah. I, I saw the original one years ago and I mean, I'm not finished with this, but you know, maybe it's just hitting a certain way because of COVID. Um, yeah. This movie, this it's not as good as the original, at least I don't think yet, but I think it's still really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just you know obviously it's about a, a an epidemic that happens and you know you know a, a big percentage of the world is wiped out and it's kind of like you know how what life becomes like when that happens and i'm seeing a lot of similarities even though you know <laughs> a big i mean obviously a percentage of the we've lost a percentage of the world and i can't even believe i'm saying something like that but yeah i'm not finished with it yet but I think it's doing some great things and I'll watch anything that is a Stephen King adaptation. And that's all I have to say about it really. But um, the stand it's on Paramount plus if you want to check it out, it's 10 episodes. It's your typical Stephen King apocalyptic stuff. 
And my last one is uh, obviously it was very well known. I think it dropped on Thanksgiving on Disney plus uh, the Peter Jackson Beatles um, get back documentary. Well, yeah. it's not really a documentary. It's just like found footage basically. Yeah. Um, so this, I didn't think all three of the episodes would be fucking almost three hours long. <laughs> um, um, so it, it took me a little, so basically it's pretty much what I took from it. it it's really kind of the last get together that the Beatles did prior mm-hmm. to them basically breaking up. Um, it's the last um, set of recordings of them on, you know, video or on, on film together, I should say. Um, yeah. They're, they're kind of starting to crumble a little bit. And, you know, it's kind of crazy because like, you know, you're seeing this iconic band, literally one of the, if not the greatest band of all time to some people, I know opinions may vary, but one of the iconic American rock bands that happens to be from the UK, but you're seeing them kind of start to come apart in this footage. It's crazy to kind of like once it, when it starts, I'm just kind of like, they're just jamming. Like I'm watching, you know, Paul, George, Ringo and, john fucking jam but i realized like there's a lot of tensions going on yoko ono's fucking sitting right there while they're you know rehearsing and i you know i know there's the big yoko story of that she broke up the beatles and yeah she's not doing anything to really break up the beatles she's just sitting there but i'm kind of thinking like if i was fucking paul mccartney i would just be like yo what the fuck is she doing sitting on my amp like <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that's a hot take. You know, this isn't the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't want to piss off anybody. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I was just kind of like, I don't know. Why, why does she got to be at rehearsal? Like, I, I don't know. I turned to my wife, like, and I was just like, hey, if I was in a band, would you want to come to rehearsal? She was just like, no, I don't want to fucking go to rehearsal. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, that was John and Yoko. Um, I guess that was kind of a hot take. But um, I kind of throughout it felt bad for Paul McCartney. Uh, He felt like he was kind of the leader of the group, at least at that phase. And I felt like at least in the first episode, it seemed like he was doing everything he could to keep that band together, but they just weren't gelling together creatively. And that's what happens with collaborators over a span of time, especially with the schedule they had for six, seven years. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're a diehard Beatles fan, I think you're going to really appreciate this. I mean, I it took me a while to kind of get comfortable with it because I don't really know what the fuck I was watching because I, I like the Beatles, but I'm not of that era. But yep. I think it's pretty cool. Peter Jackson did to remaster all this. I don't know why he has a director credit on it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I understand like executive producer or something, but. I don't know. I love Peter Jackson. He's a he's one of the best filmmakers the last 30 years, but I just didn't understand why he got a director's credit. But anyway, I, I watched that and uh, I don't know. I guess I enjoyed it. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, some parts of it felt like a chore. I was just yeah. kind of like, what am I, what am I getting at here? Like, but anywho, give me whatever you got left as quick as you can. Cause I want to do a top five. All right, well, um, my next thing that I got, uh, the rest of the things I have on here are real just shows. So the first thing I got uh, here is, um, I don't know if you ever checked this one out. It was originally on the uh, 
the DC universe. Uh, I think app like streaming app before yeah. became before it became uh, HBO. You know, came to HBO Max. But uh, yeah, I remember that piece. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, Doom Patrol. Okay, I haven't started it. I'm aware of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, this show. If you know nobody's heard of it, it's um, and it, like if you've seen titans there, there was like some of the first season had some of these characters in there too but uh the show it's it's about like kind of reject uh characters from this from the dc universe you know you could kind of think of them as you know they're just like people who have powers but they aren't the greatest powers you know like there's this one woman who uh her her powers basically to melt you know like she her like she just she's able to turn into like a human blob kind of thing where she can, she can stretch herself and stuff like that if she's in control, but if she's having any like, you know, mental blocks or anything, like if she's feeling self-conscious or whatever, she might just completely melt into a puddle and just, you know, and hang out. So, you know, there's that, there's like characters. uh, One of the characters that I like really the most, uh, and it's really brought a revival for him. Brandon Fraser, he plays um, Robot Man, and his role in it, even though he's mostly just voice acting, it's it's really like it's really well done. It's some of the some great work that he's doing. Like this, the the stuff you know his his whole story with his character is that he's basically you know a guy who was a race car driver in the '80s, and he got into an accident where his wife died and. Um, he, he supposed to have died, but, uh, the scientist was able to put his brain into a robot. Um, so it's literally just his brain moving around this robot and he has like no sensations, no like feeling he can't feel any, cause he's just a brain in a jar essentially. So like in order to have any kind of sensation or any, like he has to kind of have, mem- just think back to his memories on things and like in the first few episodes of the first season when he's first relearning how to walk he has to learn he's like thinking back to how he taught his daughter how to walk and it's just like these just really sweet moments in between completely batshit crazy moments that the show is completely filled with because there's just i could describe episodes to you and you would sit there looking like i just showed you a picture of your parents having sex it's just like huh what i think my dad listens to this show man (laughs) well if he does if he well you know then he knows what i'm talking about (laughs) uh no it's just it's like really perplexing stuff mixed in with just some of the most like heartfelt and you know like legitimately good messages you know like there's like a lot of the characters there's a lot of things going on with them and like you could watch this show and get a sense that like okay like i could actually take something away from the show other than just the batshit craziness of it all you know mm. which some shows can be like like you know some shows are just crazy for the sake of crazy and while this show is crazy it's also got a lot of heart so it's worth checking out. Um, third season uh, is is out now. Uh, I think it just finished. Um, 
the second season, it was one of those deals where it got interrupted because of COVID. So it got cut off short and they like kind of finished it at the beginning of this season. But yeah, it's, it's a really well done show. And, you know, you should check it out if you haven't already, you know, if you want to see something crazy and also see some really good acting from Brendan Fraser. <laughs> all right. Or at least, you know, and all the other characters too. There's a lot of really legitimately good acting in the show, you know, all around. So the next show that's on my list here that also just finished yesterday, I think, uh, Hawkeye uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, I don't know if you've started watching that one at all. I've 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 started it. I'm about two episodes deep, but uh, yeah, yeah, good. So yeah, good. yeah, I, I've actually really enjoyed it. It's it's been one of my favorite ones so far, surprisingly, because like i wasn't you know sure when i first heard about this show like yeah you know hawkeye that's cool and all but then it ended up being like a really really enjoyable show and um you know it's like it's a christmas show in the same way that like die hard is a christmas movie you know, where, <laughs> uh, where it's just like it's in the background of all these things like cool action moments but also it still has a big part of it you know um and yeah it's just it's a really enjoyable show like the you said you're two episodes in so that third episode actually starts off really strong with the action and uh you know i'm sure when you when you watch it you know we'll talk about this um they have this like it's been talked about a little bit before too with other people but uh like this this chase scene that starts off kind of like uh, that children of men you know yeah. shot where it's just in the car doing 360s and it's like you know one shot for a while um yeah it's, it's a really good show the things that they do in it like all the things they brought into it um uh it, it, you you might have heard this already uh because it's been a big thing that just happened like last week but um they officially brought in vincent d'onofrio's kingpin into the whole I thing did. um so yeah that was like that was a really cool thing to see he was like one of those characters that they had talked about in the background but never really put a name to the face or even had a face to show yet until you know and then in this the season finale they straight up just start with him coming out so it's yeah it's it's a really good show um yeah i i really enjoyed the way that it's like a lot more low-key you know it's not like uh not low-key you know not like dope <laughs> it's uh it's a lot more like just street level you know like they've talked about with those other netflix shows you know i brought up watching daredevil earlier which actually really was convenient that you know he was brought into this show uh you know later this year so yeah it's it's really cool and yeah uh i i really enjoyed it you know i'm sure once you uh finish the season you know we'll have a lot more to talk about so i don't want to spoil too much but yeah, it's you know. Also, if you've watched, uh, I don't know if you watched Black Widow yet. Um, I did. Yeah, so they they do have some stuff that you know. If you watch like this behind, you know the the after credits thing, like they had the whole thing about her coming after Clint. You know, so they do address that in the show, and uh, yeah, you, you know, it's you know more uh, more fun Yelena stuff. You know, if you enjoyed her from Black Widow, so yeah, and. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed Haley Steinfeld in this, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does next in this. You know, the Marvel, you know, Marvel movies and all that, and you know, the interactions that she's going to have in the future because 
she, like she just is a really good you know actor i mean you know, she's she's been popping up with a lot of stuff lately being that like you know really kind of fun character and a lot of stuff but also like you see her really stretching you know and other stuff too so it'll be interesting to see uh where they go you know I'm I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's all the great. Marvel stuff. Yeah, she's knocked me flat since uh, ten years ago with uh, True Grit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, because like, they hyped thing. like True Grit is not on either of our lists, but um, <laughs> but like they they I remember they hyped that movie up as like the Coen Brothers remaking yeah. a John Wayne classic, like fucking you got jeff bridges in the role of rooster cogburn and like you got yeah. matt damon in there and like josh brolin who's barely in it but then like she steals that movie like that's her yeah movie. that's that's the thing i heard from everybody who watched that movie is just like this girl just is able to stand up with these these actors who have decades of experience and yeah. have you know, these huge names like you know these people who is that though? You know? Yeah, like the second the movie starts, you're just she just brings a presence, and then like she went away for like four or five years. She probably went to school. I don't fucking know, but <laughs> yeah. <probably. laughs> uh, all right, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, the last thing I have on here, um, I actually just finished it last night. Uh, the Witcher season two. I haven't even started it, so don't spoil anything. But I am going to start it over Christmas yeah well by um, the time this airs i will have started it so <laughs> yeah so it was you know it was really good uh, i i enjoyed the hell out of it you know i was i was taking my time with it yeah you know, I, I watched like one or two episodes a night for the last you know week or so um you know because like we were talking about earlier i literally binged the first episode first season in one night so i actually wanted to take my time this time and like absorb the episodes more you know rather than just being like it was all one long eight hour episode <laughs> <laughs> i didn't blink uh no, yeah so i i yeah enjoying i enjoyed being able to take it over time and and the story that they told um you know that uh, as some i haven't read the books right but i've you know played the games and uh so i like seeing a lot of references to things that i know from those um you know has me like really looking forward to where they're going to be going with this show and how many seasons they're going to do because like the way that they have everything set up at the end of the second season you're just like holy shit there's so much going on here like i can only imagine where they're going to go and how crazy and epic it's going to get because like this second season was so good and like so like went to so many places that I wasn't expecting it to go considering just like watching the trailers I thought it would be very like oh it's just gonna be training and stuff but then it's just a lot happens in it yeah you'll you'll see once you watch it but it's you know and the way that they like they do that thing of you know um having characters separated you know from the beginning of the show and like having instances you know kind of like in the first season where like they're so close to each other at one point and then they're gone or like you know like you literally just need these characters to mention like just one mention of a name or whatever and it's just like and but they don't do it so you're just sitting there like frustrated because like just share this information so that these characters can know something's going on 
but you know but because you're the audience you're just like watching like ah you know but at uh, the same time it's like really well done the way they because it's believable the way they do it and yeah it's you know that's one of those shows too that i've heard a lot of people who are fans of the books who are just knocking on it because like oh it's not exactly like the source material or this or that or like i've heard a lot of people who are like oh it's not slavic enough and like as if that matters because it's a fantasy world it's not poland like uh, a lot of people seem to seem to think that it is you know just because the the writer was polish doesn't mean you know the world is that so yeah i uh you know, I, I don't care for like the way that people are bitching about the the changes to it. You know, it's just a really enjoyable show. And, and honestly, if you don't know anything about the books or the games, like you can come into this show and pick it all up. Like they make it very easy for you. You know, it's you know, yeah, true. Because I didn't. I love the first season. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware of the game. Like I get the premise, but I, yeah. I don't know like the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty of the world, but. Yeah. And like, you know, if, if you were ever to play the game, I mean, I think you would enjoy it just cause it's, it's very like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of gameplay and, and like, like if you, know, you played Skyrim or anything like that, it's like a lot of that type of stuff, but it's also like Skyrim. Yeah. But also it's like the storylines in it. Like, you know, a lot of people give shit to some, a lot of big open world games because like the stories become tend to become like, go here, do this, do this, your story, it's done. Like, it's very like cookie cutter. Like you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over, but this game has a way of like, even the side stories that are very small have these like really engaging storylines within them where, you know, you get to know these, the, like, like a big thing about the Witcher, obviously is he hunts monsters. So in the game, you like learn about the monsters and what made them and, the curses that cause them to become what they are or whatever. So like, you know, you're doing all these things and you learn about like these stories that happen within the world and it gives you like, so it just, it same thing with the show. It like, it, it's able to take these things that you, you know, in other, like, like I heard uh, one thing from the Witcher, the first season um, people kind of, uh, comparing it to old shows like um xena and stuff where it was just like an adventure you go on and like in beginning of the episode end of the episode and like you're you're you know like on your way to the next adventure kind of deal where it's like yeah you know and that that's like i i get that sense but at the same time like there's also a lot more you know because those stories were very like all right, it's done now, but these stories are, you know, <laughs> like those stories wrapped up in a nice way sometimes. These ones don't always do that because there's a lot of gray in that world. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to spoil it, but the way they end the first episode with uh, one of the characters is just like, <laughs> in the, the line that Geralt delivers to the guy, it's just like, holy shit, <laughs> that it was cold-blooded. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll start it tonight once we're done with yeah. the recording. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, that first episode alone, you know, it's it was a really good episode. You know, got to check that out. And it's got uh, one of the guys from Game of Thrones in it. You know, Dorm. Well, no, what's his name? Giant Spain. What Tormund? Giant Spain. I think it was. Uh, 
one of those wildling guys, uh, the ginger dude. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's been in a bunch of stuff uh, last couple of years. All right. Well, so let's get to the main event of this episode. And uh, you and I have picked five films or TV shows, which we in our top five for this year. Um, I know one of your kind of picks of what you've been watching is on my list. So when I get to that, you and I can riff on it and there might be some spoilers just ahead of just, just to let the audience know, we might drop a little spoilers, but maybe nothing too, too deep, but who knows? And and I, my top five, I don't have in any like specific order. I basically, I just put them in order of how I watched them. I mean, yeah, I like, think my number one is my favorite of the year, yeah. but I would say, yeah, this really isn't like a specific. Yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I mainly put them in like release order, you know, like the, the you know, how they released over the year. Like, because one of the things I was trying to think of, like, what even came out this year? I had to go back and look through a list of all the movies that came out over the course of each month. And it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I believe our first one is very similar, though. Yeah. And it's something that you and I have just like a billion other people on the internet have pondered for many years. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce it? And, you know, since go ahead, what is it? Hey, release the Snyder cut. We released the <laughs> Snyder cut this year. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's released the Snyder verse. Yeah, I mean, that might happen, but um, so for anybody who doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about, um, I feel like even the most non-superhero movie fan still knows this. Uh, Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League popped up on HBO Max back in March. I remember the day it hit, I was working and I was so fucking tense and had so much anxiety <laughs> that I was going to be like, I had the next day off from work, not because I wanted the day off. I actually yeah. like had to take the next day off, but I mean, it just kind of worked out perfectly because it's four hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to take at least half a day to do that to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, but I just remember walking around at work, like, come on, fucking go, fuck, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I got to go home, watch the Snyder Cut. And like, <laughs> you know, there was a couple of people who had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. And I was just like, it's fucking Superman and Batman and the Flash. And um, I guess Martian Manhunter's in it now, too. <laughs> like, and it's Zack Snyder's director's cut of what he tried to make that they butchered and put out in 2017. And people are like, uh, OK, uh, sorry, cool. sorry, I'm bothering you. Um, but anyway, like, you know, this Snyder cut showed up on HBO Max like a month before this show ever dropped its first episode. I'm happy we're talking about this. I know it's at the end of the year. I mean, I know there's maybe a lot that's already been said about yeah. the Snyder cut that I mean, there's a lot of things. There's nothing. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You get what I'm saying? Like, but what just everything that's been said about it has been said about it. Like everything much, there is to say about it has been said. That's whether it. you fucking think it's like so stupid, mm-hmm. it's whether you think it's a bad movie or not, like which I saw a lot of that debate going on online after it came out, like all the back and forth. Really? Because I saw a lot of people won over. Maybe not. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I, I did see a lot of people went over, but then I also saw a lot of people who like wanted to still call it out and, and stuff like that. Like, 
I mean, I feel like those a lot of those people are just like being film snobs about it or something. I don't know, but just like I don't. Think sometimes people can be shitty. <laughs> Look, I, I don't get why. I, I used to work with this guy. I don't know if he listens to the show or not, but he's a Zack Snyder enthusiast. I would yeah. send like Snyder memes to him, probably the same ones I've maybe sent to you before. And <laughs> the funniest thing this guy used to say to me, he's just like, yo, whose sister did Zack Snyder fuck? Like, why is everybody so mad at him? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's true though. Like, I don't know why, like, so many people tend to shit on his work sometimes. I, look, I don't think he's the greatest director of all time. I don't think he's like this god. I don't think, but I, yeah. I think, I think he, I really feel like he knows what he's getting into and if it's not your cup of tea fine but like I, I never understood the internet debate and the internet hatred for Zack snyder and justice league mm-hmm. and batman versus superman which you know looking back like batman versus superman dawn of justice i don't like that title as much as i used to but i get it yeah um but i just i i don't know i think I'm just so happy that movie got released because I think that's such a great thing now moving forward with directors getting their work fully out there and appreciated. Yeah. And, you know, I've said it, I think I told you after we first initially watched it, like it's four hours. There was like a moment in there where I was like, it's kind of dragging, but then it picked back up and then it just, it just, it's so fucking good. It's yeah. it's probably the, if you, it's the best four hour movie anybody's seen since Seven Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Just what are your notes I, on? I, I know we've talked about it, but you know, go yeah. Ahead. No, I just um, yeah. There's just so much about it that was like so much so much better. Like I mean, there was so many so many things that I saw from people who you know reacting to it and stuff, or just seeing the differences. Where it's just like you know they're spending a lot more time getting you know spending with these characters to kind of give them their like their light in the in the their spotlight i I mean you know like uh i mean you look at the original justice league when joss whedon you know did his thing with it and like some of the characters they just completely didn't get the you know anything to do you know i mean in this the Snyder Cut version, the Flash is a big part of what saves the world. Like the world yeah. legitimately ends, and he is able to reverse time. Like, Everyone's so, a gangster until Barry yeah. Allen decides to, you know, break the space time continuum. Yeah, and it's just like, but you know, it's that deal where what did he do in the first, you know, in that you know Joss Whedon yeah. cut? Like he pushed a car. I Woo! remember. I remember so when cool. I, I heard the running time for Justice yeah. League back when it first came out. And it was yeah. like an hour, 59 minutes. And I was like, no, something yeah. about that seems off. Especially after all these other movies that he had done were all like, you know, what Man of Steel was like two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, like this should be two hours, 15 minutes at the yeah. shortest. Yeah. And even and I mean, then, that's scary. Yeah, and I mean, like a lot of these superhero movies... Are getting to be long these days you know i mean for uh what end game was like three hours um you know the the that eternals i talked about earlier was like two and a half hours you know the new spider-man was about two and a half hours um i think shang chi was like around two hours like hour 45 to two hours so it's like 
not you know but it's also like it didn't need to be longer than that you know but yeah you know it's just a lot of movies these days are getting to be that long i mean you know and if it can get keep your attention that long it's not a big deal like there i've i've seen plenty of movies that that entire time i was just sitting there like <laughs> anyone who's listening to this right now i just made a just a blank face where like in awe <laughs> and yeah and then all of a sudden it's just like oh shit the movie's over yeah Damn it. <laughs> this was um it, it was just it was such a fun it was so i was so happy it came to fruition yeah. that like and you're right with everybody kind of getting their due on screen like especially in the climax of the movie it's not necessarily this is one thing i love it, it's not necessarily superman that saves the day like he shows mm-hmm. up that's a big plot point yeah in the movie but he shows up and they're still getting their ass kicked yeah and yeah, like in that in that Whedon cut, they basically made it so like Superman's here, we can all go home now. <laughs> yeah, all but right, this, Man of Steel's like, here. Shit's uh, yeah. it's gonna be all right now. Yeah, but um, in this, it was like he showed up and they still failed. And I if love- it wasn't for Barry doing what he did and then Cyborg doing what he did, like it, nothing would have mattered. But you know, I I really love, and I don't think a lot of people have talked about it enough, but I really loved the arc that Bruce Wayne has. Yeah. He's not just, oh, I'm trying to put a team together. Like, I feel like you really feel that he's trying to have a redemptive story for everything he yeah. had done in Dawn of Justice. The um, way he was manipulated in that movie by Lex Luthor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, and like, yeah. everything, and like, the way Aquaman even has a great arc. It, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the, like, you're watching that movie, like, the way that they, you know, in the, the, the Whedon cut, like the way that they talked about bringing Superman back to life was like paled in comparison to the way they did it in the, the Snyder cut where like watching it in that version, I was like, oh, goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. And it was like in the way that it wasn't just like, this was, you know, in the Whedon cut, it's all a conversation brought on by, by Bruce Wayne. Whereas like, it's a conversation that they all in the Snyder cut kind of come to, like they all come to that conclusion when they're making this, like discussing it. They feel like a team in yeah. the Snyder Cut, which is what they are. They're the Justice League. They're supposed to be a team. It's really, I mean, yeah, you could, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman are kind of at the forefront, but mm-hmm. at least marketing wise, but um, like they function as a team so well in the Snyder Cut. In Justice League, it's we need Superman. Uh, Bruce Wayne's having an existential crisis. Uh, Barry, Go- uh, Barry, Barry Gordon, <laughs> Barry <laughs> Allen, like says little funny one-liners, and it yeah. just, you know, I mean, there was there was even things that bothered me about the Snyder Cut. Uh, well, and things that were cut from the Snyder Cut that didn't make it into the Whedon's cut that I like just didn't make sense. You know, like mm-hmm. um, like watching the, you know the Snyder Cut when when uh, Martha Kent comes to have that conversation with Lois Lane in her apartment and they cut that scene and completely refilmed it for Whedon with like completely different dialogue. And it's like, Oh, you're the thirstiest reporter I ever heard. Oh, hungriest. Well, you know, like that joke, like, no, in this version, they actually have a conversation and like, they're talking about the fact that, you know, like the, how much they miss him and how Martha Kent's like, you know, the entire world misses him, you know, 
they all thought they knew him. He was my son and I can't tell anybody. Like, yeah, you know, and just like that conversation. And so like, it's so heartbreaking, but then they, you know, in the end, they have that whole thing where like they reveal like, Oh, I was actually Martian Manhunter trying to get Lois Lane back in the world. Like, even if they just cut that part and kept the yeah. conversation, it was so much better of a conversation than what they did in, in the Whedon cut version of it. Like, why even refilm that? I don't get it. You know, it didn't, it wasn't a better conversation. It was just like kind of stupid and somewhat funny because of that thirst comment. And yeah. Oh, everyone knows how, oh, you're thirsty. That means you're horny, right? Like that. <laughs> it's so like just it didn't make sense some of the cuts that they did and in in terms of joss whedon like i know i i don't know if he's canceled or not anymore i, I know you know ray fisher <laughs> went after him basically yeah. but um, i mean i heard that he had a show that came out earlier this year and as soon as all that stuff came out about him they took his name off that show yeah real fucking quick i forget um, what it was called but in terms of Whedon with the Snyder cut, or not with this, Whedon with Justice League, his cut, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it was a good call to have him really be involved in that project just because he made the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And the, but like, I'm not defending Joss Whedon at all. I don't, I didn't like his cut. I, I didn't like his, I didn't really care for his movie. Yeah. Part of me, though, does want to point the blame to, because he was a hired gun. He, yeah, I'm being dramatic with my terminology, but he was hired by the studio and other executives to do these things. So yeah, they they definitely put the mandate down to like yeah. under two hours and all that. Like, I weird. I think there's a lot of high ups there that <laughs> you know deserve the you know fingers pointed at them too. Um, which is exactly what Ray Fisher also did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I think people immediately attack Joss Whedon and you know, I I think it's rightfully so like with some ideas he had and the fact that he's kind of a dick now supposedly. I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> but, you know, I think Warner Brothers now and I've noticed it with Warner Brothers. I feel like their things are shifting there with what they want to do with their properties since the Snyder cut cuz like once the Snyder Cut came out. It was a hit. Next thing you know, the Flash movie's in production. It was almost yeah. like they were waiting to see what the reaction was going to be. And if it was good, they were going to go, yeah. okay, we're taking this script and we're doing this with this Barry Well, Allen. yeah, not only that, but like, look at how much control um, James Gunn had over the Suicide Squad mm-hmm. when it came out later that yeah. year. You know, like that was Which isn't on my movie. list, but I loved it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, so to- like... Yeah, it was just there's so much going on in that movie that they that they cut unnecessarily, and it's just like, why why'd you do that? <laughs> you know, like, especially to, now that we've seen it. To put a thinking? pin in it, if you hate the Snyder cut, fine. If you like the Snyder cut, fine. But yeah. I read in an article, I think right before it popped, I think it was a couple of days before HBO Max dropped it. Um some the the article base one thing that stuck out to me the article said whoever wrote it or somebody said it that they interviewed i would rather watch i think it was i'd rather watch one person's chaos on screen meaning zach snyder than a committee's chaos Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah i would rather watch one director with complete control 
put something out there and if it's maybe a little sloppy or if there's a little extra fat on it, fine. Like whatever that's, you know, a director's cut is a director's cut. Usually there's extra stuff in there. They want in there for their own artistic reasons. I can appreciate that, you know, rather than, you know, the suits stepping in Mm -hmm. and nitpicking stuff. And look, I, I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but yeah, I, if, if something this big comes out and, you know, I'm, I'm going to want to see his version rather than, you know, what Warner Brothers wanted to do. So, yeah. I mean, they they gave all these characters, like even the smallest characters they gave, you know, I mean, like Silas Stone in this in this movie, you know, he was such a small part in that that Whedon cut. And in this version, like you actually see he, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen Snyder Cut, but in towards the end of it, he dies. And, you know, it's like this whole emotional, you know, moment where you, you think like one thing and it turns out he did it for a specific reason. And then like in the end of the movie, in the prologue, when you actually get to hear this message that he left for his son on a voice recording. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's it's so like hopeful and heartbreaking and just like it's it's all these things and it's just like such a great way to you know it's a great way to have this epilogue go for this movie and just like the things that are being said but you know it's just like so much of this is cut and and yeah it's really just gets to be frustrating when there's so much of it that worked so well i mean one of the things that I was glad to see was still in the Snyder cut that I was I'm, I should have known was there, <laughs> you know, that was uh, a Snyder thing was uh, the big fight scene with Superman and and the rest of the Justice League when he gets brought back. And uh, my favorite movie, um, favorite moment from that original Snyder, you know, original Justice League that, you know, obviously in the Snyder cut is that, you know, everything slows down and the flash is running and Superman just looks at him <laughs> like that yeah. was such a badass moment and uh yeah i just you know it was definitely one of those things where i saw that i was just like yeah this worked so much better this time like yeah it worked in that first movie but this time it's just like god just, there was like, enough before it that yeah gets you more yeah. emotionally invested all right Zack Snyder's Justice League is streaming now on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, it's been out for like fucking nine months. Uh, what? I actually bought it on DVD or uh, Blu-ray <laughs> too. Like, even though I can stream it, I was just like, fuck it. I I'm should buy it. <laughs> um, what is your next one? Uh, so obviously I had Snyder Cut as well, but uh, my next one on my list uh, that I saw in theaters, we we actually did talk about this one earlier this year, mm-hmm. so I won't go too much into it. Um, maybe you can bring it up if you have seen this yet. Uh, the Green Knight. Uh, I still haven't seen it, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this one was one of those movies that I, you know, I knew as soon as I saw that those first trailers, like... I was just going to really enjoy this movie. I mean, the, the visuals in it, the, uh, the, the, the music, the storyline, just like everything about it. Like it was just one of those movies where I, you know, going into this thing, like you could, you could easily like, you know, going into this movie, you could be like, Oh, I'm going to do some drugs while I'm watching this. Or you can go into it straight, you know, sober as hell. Like it doesn't matter. You can still 
Like it's got something for everybody. And uh, it's, you know, I mean, yeah, I, you could probably say that about any A24 movie. Like you can mm-hmm. go into the sober or you can go into this fucked up on drugs. It doesn't matter. Like hey, you're going to get something crazy out of it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, A24 is like that in general these days. Uh, yeah, they are like, one thing I love about A24 is I don't know who's running the show there. Like, they yeah. don't, you don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you do some digging, like, yeah, you find out who's like top executives there, but like, they're just this almost mystery label. Yeah. And, but they're so out there so much. And I love how in all of their previews, like, you know how like it's always like how they show the logo and the preview like yeah. a24 just like fits it into a shot in the movie strictly for the preview yeah like, like what they had the preview for that lamb movie and it was like a24 and the flocks of sheep <laughs> yeah there's um uh jonah hill's movie mid 90s like yeah it's just like this high shot and there's a bunch of skateboards that spell out a24 and someone like kick flips over them or something <laughs> yeah um yeah i still haven't seen green knight i know i i you're not the only person that told me this is like one of their favorites of the year um so i'm gonna track it down at some point i don't know how i don't know in what form whether physical or streaming but yeah uh, it's definitely on my radar to watch Uh, yeah it's it's definitely like a really good one to check out you know you'll you'll definitely enjoy it i think and uh Hell, you could even put it on as like, like I'm not say, taking anything away from the story. I'm just saying, like, you could literally put it on in the background with like music playing and like, like me, just random music to like the visuals of this movie. It would, I know what you're I'm doing. Bring, I'm getting back time. to the I'm getting back to the drug things here. Yeah, I mean, it says what it sounds like, but you could like literally like if you're having a party, you could just like throw this on the background with some music and people would be like it's pretty fucking dope <laughs> you know okay. i mean how many times you've been to a party like have something on on the tv but nobody's really paying attention to like, i used to so do that at like, parties at my old apartment yeah yeah I, I know i used to be there nobody would be paying attention till all of a sudden something's like holy shit that was awesome <laughs> Um, okay. Green Knight. My next one is a TV show that I just, it's fairly new in my brain. Cause I just finished it. It premiered back in August on uh, FX. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just finished it last week and I don't, I don't binge. I'm not a binger. I take my time, but uh, I binged this show. Cause I, I couldn't stop. Well, I didn't binge it. it it's eight episodes. It's only one season in the episodes are yeah. like 30 minutes in length. Um, but I did like, I did it in two days. I did like four a night, uh, yeah. reservation. I, mean, dog. I, I get to be like that too, with the whole binging thing. Like I try not Fucked to, up but my then intro. if it's, I'm oh, sorry. I just, I, I just want like literally just wanted to bring up that whole thing. Like binging. Oh, I, I try to do the same thing, but then at the same time, it's just like when a show gets you though, when it really like sinks, it's hooks into you. You're just like, what happens next? I gotta watch. I gotta watch. <laughs> well, Okay, so it's Reservation Dogs on FX. The funny thing you mentioned that this show doesn't really do that. It yeah. doesn't like leave you on a cliffhanger, you know, and then to drag you into the episode. Every episode is, I mean, there's a general plot you follow, but every episode like has a gives, beginning, middle, and end kind of deal. It gives a focus to each of the characters. So if anybody doesn't know what Reservation Dogs is, it's a nice play on uh, Reservoir Dogs, but it has 
nothing to do with that at all. It's not a spinoff or anything. Um, Taika Watiti is one of the uh, showrunners on this uh, and writers on it. He's, he's pretty much one of the head honchos of the show. But um, it's about four indigenous uh, teenagers, Native Americans, uh, living in uh, rural Oklahoma. And the season starts with them robbing like a delivery truck with like chips and whatnot for a convenience store. <laughs> so they're doing like these weird ass crimes because they're trying to save money because these four friends are trying to move off the reservation to California. And I know I'm a white guy talking about this stuff. So like, I don't want to say anything that I don't know anything about, but like, I don't know if it was the whole town they're in is in, on a reservation or if they're on a reservation, also like a part of this town. Um, but it's really interesting because I don't think there's a lot of stuff out there in mainstream film or TV that talks about what it's like growing up on a reservation in 2020, 2020, 2021. Yeah. In, like, you don't, you don't really hear that that much. And so I think it's got a really interesting setting and the reservation they live on, it is, it's a shithole. It, it's, I'm sorry. Mm. It's, it's like, they live in just a very poor neighborhood. There's not yeah. a lot to do. I mean, that's, um, that's like very stereotypical what you hear about reservations in general yeah. that they're, they're like that. Like, it, yeah. I, like I went into this, not, I mean, I'm aware of these things, but like, I didn't know they, they really kind of give you a nice bird's eye view of what it's like to grow up on one of these things. And, you know, these mm. kids are just bored. Like they're not bad kids, but they're, they have no chance of really doing anything. They're going to be stuck there the rest of their life. So that's why they're doing these kind yeah. of hilarious crimes to make some money and like the whole stolen truck thing that happens in the first episode is woven in and out of the entire season because they're just walking around munching on these chips and like there's this one cop character who's he's also native american you know there's just one scene it's like the second episode he just like he walks up to him they're at like a doctor's office or something and um you know where'd you get those chips you know i've been in, like he's like on to them and whatnot and but then he ends up being like a real you know ally to them towards the end of the season and then like one character she goes in for a doctor's appointment because she's having these god-awful stomach aches she thinks she's pregnant i think <laughs> and the doctor in it he's only in one episode do you remember um i think his name is bobby lee he was a comedian on mad tv yeah He's in it and he plays this doctor. He's so fucking funny. <laughs> and he's just like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not pregnant. What's your diet like? And she's snacking on the chips right there. And, and she's, he's like, how many bags of those you've had? And he's like, uh, one? No, 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 you haven't. Like not with your diet. And like, But it's just, it's really funny, but it, there's also some really great drama to it. Um, when you get to know these characters it turns out they had one friend in their group that committed suicide and there's kind of a tough scene to watch towards the end of this, the, um, the series, the end of the, the end of the season, which explains a little bit more what got them to that point. But it's just like every episode is kind of, it follows a nice storyline, but they're like little vignettes on all these characters and why they are the way they are. And it all culminates to uh, um, interesting uh, season finale uh, one, I know you'll like this because you and I are both Bill Burr fans. Bill Burr is in an episode. Uh, he plays like a driving instructor. Um, turns out like his daughter's gone missing and she's like into drugs and he goes out and like gets in like a, like a shootout with 
he gets like a shootout with one of the drug dealers and it's actually right. It's, you know, kind of dark humor, but um, it's just crazy seeing Bill Burr, this who's always just sounds like he is, you know, in some apartment complex in Boston yelling at someone. And here he is in Oklahoma with like a Southern accent. Yeah. So uh, reservation dogs, it's, it's just a real good kind of comedy drama. It's just, it's just fun. Uh, it's streaming now on Hulu because Hulu and FX have that little deal with, you know, everything's like, you know, day after air on FX, it's on Hulu. Yeah. So the entire first season's on there right now. So check it out. Yeah. Like I said, I was, I was thinking about picking that one up when uh, you picking up Hulu. So yeah, that would probably be one that I would check it out. Cause I, I remember seeing the trailer hearing about it and hearing a lot of good things that people from it. So there's just, there's a lot of great characters in it that I yeah. I don't want to like I don't want to do an imitation and uh, I'm a white guy like me doing an imitation <laughs> of a Native American character is going to come off wrong let's <laughs> 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 just but it's really funny and just like a lot of great characters in it so check it out yeah what's next for you uh so my next one that I have on my list um it's actually another one that I had talked about last time I, I was on the show um uh shang chi uh legend of the ten rings still haven't watched um, it but... it's on disney plus yeah, so you can I, watch I, know. It. I, I just watched black widow like a couple weeks ago and yeah it's, it's, it's coming up for me i'll watch it <laughs> well you have no excuse <laughs> i got like a week and a half off now so yeah i'll probably watch it yeah i mean yeah like i was saying before it's you know under two hours so it's an easy watch and um you know i mean great you know it's got great action in it you know it makes it also easy to watch you know it's one of those movies where because it's on disney plus lately like if i've got a few minutes where i got nothing to do or you know nothing to put on i'll just like throw that on and you know pretty much anywhere that i throw it on in the movie you know within a few minutes i'll have either a really good action scene or a really good you know uh, scene of like dialogue, you know, just because the acting is actually really well done. Um, you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of love coming out for Tony Leung, who plays um, the the Mandarin. You know, like the mm-hmm. you know um, the 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 main you know antagonist of the the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and another reason I picked it, obviously, is just it, it was a big deal. Uh, this year because it was the first mainstream marvel um movie that's you know all about you know surrounding this uh asian you know uh asian superhero like he's the first asian superhero in like the marvel or uh you know any i mean there have been like on tv and stuff or like you know (laughs) i'm sure asia has all kinds of uh superhero movies of their own too Um, netflix is killing it with uh korean uh, south korean shows since squid game which i know we'll talk about shortly but yeah i just so yeah it's (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah but so much for keeping you on the edge of your seat audience (laughs) damn it Well, yeah, it's a, it was a really, you know, like the way that they did this, you know, this movie is just, you definitely, I mean, I was glad that I, I got the chance to go see it in theaters because it was, it really played well on the, on the big screen with all the, the action in it. And I'm sure, you know, once you actually do sit down to watch it, one of the big 
first big action scenes in it is the the bus scene that's in the, all the trailers and everything and mm-hmm. that's just like a really awesome like well choreographed fight scene and uh the way like the way that they filmed this movie just it does that thing that good kung fu movies or action movies in general do where it almost makes the camera like a third party in the fight you know where it's following the action and it's not like you know it's not like a a born movie where it's quick cuts and you're just, uh, what happened <laughs> they did they did 30 cuts for like two things don't ever <laughs> ever go see if they ever make another one a, a jason born movie yeah. in the theaters in the front row oh yeah so when <laughs> you can only imagine when fucking matt damon came back and did like that one ad that was after the jeremy Renner i think it was one. just jason born right yeah me and my mom went i took my mom to see it because she loves those movies yeah and I don't know if my mom listens. No offense to my mom. I love you, obviously. But my mom likes to sit in the front row for some goddamn reason. <laughs> I don't know why. She's the only person. She likes to sit in the first three rows. And me and her sat, I think, in the second row looking up at the screen. Mm-hmm. And that shaky cam is... I, I, I can't even believe my head didn't explode. <laughs> Did you feel like you had motion sickness? Yeah, I was just like... Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> That's my eye like, like my i had like a cock eye like <laughs> yeah like that's the, that's the thing i don't get about sometimes when people film action like that where it's just like so you didn't want to be able to see what's happening like you you watch the behind the scenes or stuff like this and you actually get to see the choreography being done and it's like oh that was all really cool really well done yeah wish i could have seen any of it happening in real time like <laughs> you know instead of the way the movie presented it but yeah yeah, this movie the way they did it it's legitimately you know the camera is is part of the fights you're seeing everything happen you know you you're not sitting there like feeling you're gonna puke because of all the shakiness that's happening and all the quick cuts you know it gives it gives the uh the the scenes time you know and even like even you know the, just the acting, like it gives the the acting moments time, you know, to to actually have like, you know mm. those like to show those emotions, you know, like I mean the ba- the major thing with the 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 you know the the villain, you know, the Tony Leung's character in this is like his big motivation in the movie, you know, s- small spoilers, but like his whole thing is like he wants to go to this village because he thinks that his wife is being held there. Uh, held captive there when really she you know they talked about it earlier in the movie but she had died you know when they when shang she was a kid and like you know he got raised by his father taught how to do all the martial arts and stuff and you know goes out in the world blah 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 mm-hmm. but like so yeah he you know his father is being kind of lied to like has this voice that's coming to him pretending to be his wife and like so he's doing all this stuff in the movie it's all like it's all for love and like he wants to get his wife back because if he gets his wife back, he'll be able to get, you know, his kids will be back too. Like he's literally, he just wants his family back. And like, even though he's a character who's lived for a thousand years, like the, the thing that means most, the most of him was taken from him. And that was why he became so much worse, you know? And like, yeah. So it just, it's another one of those classic like examples of a Marvel villain that you're like, all right, 
I <laughs> I sympathize with this you guy. Get you know? it. Like, yeah. 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 So you're you're not sitting there like, well, fuck this guy. Get him out of here. Like, no. You you actually like you want them to be able to work it out and it, you know, <laughs> maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, it's just it's it's a really well done movie. Really, you know, you know, you definitely got to check that one out while you have this time off. It's uh, you know, and watch it on the biggest TV you got. <laughs> okay. No, I I have a bigger TV than one in my living room upstairs, so I'll look into it. No, I will yeah. watch it. I'll watch. It. That sounded like <laughs> that sounded like yeah, whatever. No, I I, I, I yeah, yeah I'll I'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. I mean, one of the things I heard a lot of people say that like it has you know some of the action moments um, from the main you know, character um, from uh, Simu Liu who uh, plays Shang Chi uh, or Shang Chi. He, um, he like some of the moves he has. People were saying it reminds him of Jackie Chan almost, where like some of the things he's doing you know, and like the way he's using his environment, which you know I. I I, lo- I love when you know that stuff happens and then you know Jackie Chan like you can always tell he's he's always thinking of those things so when movies are able to kind of replicate that in a way like you know it always has me wondering like god I wonder if what it would have been like if uh if uh they got Jackie in there but also you know it, you can kind of see that those like the roots of that yeah all right my next one is not a kung fu movie, nor is it a superhero movie. Uh, <laughs> it is um, Q Into the Storm, a six part. This is me. I know we're said we're talking a lot of superheroes tonight, and we have. Um, but <laughs> this is a six part docuseries on HBO Max that when it dropped, I think I want to say in like April, because it was. It was very close. It was within a few months because the, um, all right, let, let me, let me backtrack here a little bit. So for anybody who has no idea what I mean by the name Q, uh, I'm sure I could possibly get uh, trending on Twitter again when I talk about QAnon in case people think I am part of the Q cult. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about, my friend? Uh, no, the only cue I know is from 007. <laughs> wow. You have, you, all right. You have to watch this documentary. Um, you want to force me to watch, uh, Shang-Chi, which I, you don't have to force me. I will. I'm going to force you to fucking <laughs> sit down and watch these six episodes and completely be blown away with the underworld that is out there right now. So Q into the storm is about the QAnon cult. Now mm-hmm. QAnon is basically no one knows who it is, but QAnon is the cult that follows someone named Q who was on these message boards, basically spewing right-wing propaganda, these messages about what's going on in the White House. It's very Trump-related. A lot of people even thought that it was Trump getting on there. Now, this, this is not my take on this. Then you know, I, I'm not, I'm no way affiliated to this cult. I actually think it's fucking <laughs> crazy. And I'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, it just Q developed all these followers and people really got into it. Q are the people, the QAnon cult are the people that believe that Obama's like eating children. Like 
that there's some like underground layer at a pizza shop in DC where like they're raping and like ha- like kids and having like this sex cult. I know that's kind of fucked up and X-rated to say, but I'm sorry, they believe this shit. <laughs> so, so you're saying that's on- not true? <laughs> Damn, I believe everything I read on the internet. <laughs> like, so they're like they're they interview people in this documentary that believe this stuff and you're like my my jaw is like down to here of what people believe on the internet mind you three or four of the like q followers being interviewed live about an hour from me here in florida because they say the fucking town they live in um i mentioned this briefly on an episode about a month ago and because we started touching on it with a guest uh jesse pollock who did a documentary about not QAnon, but um when I was, I just, I just want to rehash it. Cause I think you'll enjoy this. <laughs> uh, I was working at a job where I was setting to setting up like workout equipment and, you know, pergolas and patio sets and whatever, anything you buy at the big surplus stores that you don't want to put together. I was working for a company that hired me out to do it anyway. So I go to this town about 45 minutes from me and I'm doing a home assembly on a workout a piece of workout equipment. And there's these two people there. And one woman is talking to this man and they're playing these YouTube videos that are very pro Trump. And <laughs> honestly, like I'm used to this shit. I live in Florida. Like, I, I, you know, nothing's really going to baffle me with people's worshipness of Donald Trump. I'm not trying to get political here, but <laughs> so it's this like, really poorly put together like video of just like how bad you know democrats are and how they eat children and you know we have to stop these evildoers and that's why we have donald trump and i'm just kind of like i was sitting there i wasn't saying anything to them but i was kind of like what the fuck are you people watching fast forward to this year in the very first episode of Q into the storm, that video <laughs> is in the documentary. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, those people were in Q. <laughs> and look, like I've talked to friends who are Republican and very right wing leaning. And I've mentioned like QAnon to them. I, I, I'm like completely enamored with it, but like absolutely mm. petrified. People believe this shit. Yeah. I, and I've like said it I'm like, are you don't tell me you're one of those QAnon people. And there's even Republicans out there that are like, no, God, man, what? Those are people are fucking weird. <laughs> and so this documentary for six episodes um, is about it. I think it's a, a filmmaker out of Los Angeles. He's following around these people that might be Q might be the person sending these messages out to their follow to its followers and like he literally is like filming with this paraplegic you know dwarf guy i don't i don't know what he has as a disability and you know he's just one of these internet trolls and you know he might be q but then he then he, like that guy's got like this rival guy who lives in like fucking beijing or something <laughs> and that guy might be q and it all culminates <laughs> These people are so goddamn weird. You have to watch this. Because, like, I'm a fan of, like, cults. I, I, 
big cult fan right here. I'm not like, I don't want, I do not want to be in a cult. I, I, I want to have nothing to do with that shit, but like that idea of people latching onto an idea and following it to such an extreme level is scary and astonishing to me at the same time yeah. that what like is going on in these six episodes is completely crazy. And it all culminates to the Capitol riot in January because a lot of, of those people that were there were QAnon people and the fucking, <laughs> the fucking dude with the horns and shit. And yeah. everything. He's in key dude. He's a big follower of Q all of these God. people. And it was like, I'm, I'm so, I was so fucking dumbfounded. I could, I didn't know that's the right word. And this is just so out there. And you, I just can't believe there's people out there in this country, right? There, there could be someone down the street that is into <laughs> that shit. This could be one yeah. of your neighbors two miles down the fucking road that is into QAnon. <laughs> it is so fucking crazy. It's on HBO Max right now. Um, you know, HBO is like one of the... T- I think HBO trumps Netflix with uh, documentaries. I think their, yeah. their films and their series are just more compelling. Netflix, I feel, kind of baits you a little bit and doesn't yeah. really give a good payoff sometimes. I think HBO is where it's at for documentaries. And this was like one of the, one of the best ones, I mean, the best one. Cause it's on my list that I saw mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. I mean, HBO max, they've been killing it in general lately with like, I agree all that kind of stuff. And they, I saw just recently that, that uh, trailer for that. Um, like I didn't bring it up earlier, but I wanted to bring up like the, the fact that they're killing it with uh, reunion specials as well. Like they have that Harry Potter one coming up on the first. Um, yeah. And like, uh, you know, last year they had the, uh, the Fresh Prince one that like, that was another one that I just, I, I fucking, when I actually did get to see that, I, I love that. And just, they, they keep doing these big high profile reunions where it's like, all right, what are they going to do next? Cause I actually love when these things happen. Like I, I legitimately like seeing these like, behind the scenes things that they do, you know, and like the, the stories from behind the scenes and all that, like it just tends to be fun. Like, especially when it's from a cast of characters that I, like, I really enjoyed. And it's just like, you know, kind of, it's like just sometimes seeing those behind the scenes things. It's like, yeah, I wish I was on that set. <laughs> like, it would have been a fun mm. set to be on. Um, so yeah, it's one of the things I like about reunion specials and yeah, like same thing, you know, these documentaries, like just, they, they, kill it with these documentaries where netflix they have more of like a numbers game they're just throwing out as many things as they can because you might get latch on to something and watch you know but like hbo max they have the like the quality over the quantity yeah agreed uh yeah it's just it's just a while i i'm you need to go watch this just it might not sound maybe it's not your bag but Try it. Q yeah. into the storm. Uh, <laughs> and do some research on Q, but don't join it, motherfucker. I, I know you. You're not going to be into that. <laughs> All right. What's your number? What's your number two? Uh, so mine, this one I have here, um, it's another one that actually was on HBO Max that uh, I, I did get to, the chance to see it in theaters. Like literally like probably the last weekend that was in theaters around here. Uh, Dune. Um. So yeah, that was one that I like. I 
you know, finally was able to make uh, plans to go see it with a buddy of mine because, you know, for the longest time I hadn't gotten anyone that was interested to see it. And, uh, you know, not not surprising because it's like a two and a half hour, like three, almost three yeah. hour movie, I think. Um, epic. Yeah. And like not a very well known. I mean, it, it can be well. It depends on who you're talking to, I guess. But it, not well known to some, but well known to the people who do know it, which is a stupid sentence now that I think of it because yeah, if you know about it, obviously you know about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the reasons it's on my list, it's, uh, I mean, just the fact that they, to have the balls to come out in the, in this movie and start out with Dune part one. Yeah. They hadn't they even greenlit get, it part two. Yeah, yet. Yeah. They didn't know. They, they just, <laughs> they could have just looked like idiots and be like, Oops, you know, kind of like the dark universe. Whereas, yeah. you know, but uh, you at least had the movie Dark Universe just had a photo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like the fact that they they got, you know, this movie made as much money or got as much, you know, attention as it did to get the sequel. It's like, you know, it's it's actually a really big deal for uh what is essentially a new new a new IP cuz I mean, how many movies have been like there's how many how many studios have been trying to make a franchise like an epic franchise like that where you know it has something that big you know like on the, like watching this movie dune like it felt to me almost in like uh like how like lord of the rings you know felt whereas yeah. in terms of like just being an epic and having a story that was so big um yeah, it just it it was it and for this to, to come out swinging with that part one, and then they get that part two like a few weeks later. Now that you mentioned Lord of the Rings, like in hindsight, you know it's really been since something like Lord of the Rings because when felt like if Fellowship of the Ring came out and fucking just was god awful, yeah. And then they got just two bombs coming out that were like already shot. Oh, like Return of the King was like in production before Two Towers even came out. Like, yeah, can you imagine? I, and yeah, even, I remember hearing that like Fellowship. I know we're talking about Dune, but like, all right, here's my take on Dune. It's not on my list because I fell asleep when I was <laughs> at home, and then they took it off HBO Max, so I still have to kind of finish it. Yeah, it'll be back eventually. They they do yeah, that thing where will. yeah. Um, but like, you know, I guess where I was going with that was like, you know, it, I remember even hearing like fellowship of the ring. Some people were like, eh, I hope two towers is going to be better. That, that was some hearsay I heard way back when, yeah. but you know, imagine if the first one was tanked, like imagine if Dune fucking, I mean, the original Dune, a lot of people find it polarizing. David Lynch's, uh, yeah. one, like people thought it was, maybe he shouldn't have been the director on that. I mean, I thought it's all right, but yeah. And also, I mean, one of the things too that I heard that like, you know, the, so the, the David Lynch version, he went hard into some of the crazy shit that's in the books and the Denny Villeneuve version that just came out this year, he scaled it back a little bit on that craziness because it's like, we need to ease into some of this. Yeah. Just completely bonkers concepts that they have in this because, you know, like, like, yeah, it does have a lot of things where it's just like, 
it's like a, a Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings type of world where it's just like the cool, crazy space stuff, mm-hmm. but also being an epic and like having that feel of like almost like a Game of Thrones as political landscape. Yeah. And just, yeah, it just, but you know, so yeah, they're like they're doing all these things, but also like, also there's some freaking crazy, like the things that navigate our ships are technically human but they look like worms mm, giant buttholes yeah like the all that crazy shit that was in the lynch version that's just like huh yeah maybe, maybe come back to this you know maybe not make this the first 10 minutes of the movie i also want to add and now that i'm mentioning it no maybe that was last year i watched it i'm not sure um I Zendaya is fucking killing it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'll get to her in just a minute. She's in everything. (laughs) But yeah, she's having 2021's a hell of a year for her. And Euphoria season two is coming back, I think, in about a month. Yeah. Um, which is a great show if you haven't watched. I think it's not on my list because I watched it actually at the tail end of 2020. But Mm. yeah, she like I think it was Euphoria that made me go like okay zendaya i see you i yeah but like from what i've watched of dune and i I got an hour and a half in which is you know more than like fucking halfway through the movie so you go fuck yourself um (laughs) like she is i I, she's one of my i don't know if she's my favorite but she's definitely a close second like i don't know she just owns the fucking screen when she's on screen and like this is such an ensemble cast that again like everybody in their role has such a like presence on screen. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, Jason Momoa is cool, but like something about Jason Momoa in this movie, like took him to another level. It felt like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's definitely like one of those characters where, you know, you, you, you know, like you love when you see him come on screen. Cause he's just like, has a, a presence about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that no, the rest of them don't have that same, you know, kind of thing going on as well but like yeah just the the way that each of the characters kind of um they're like they're they carry the movie you know in their in their particular scenes like they just they're doing so much Mm -hmm. and even with such like like they might not have a lot to do in the terms of the movie but while they're there they're like it's yeah you're you're drawn to them and everything and it's just yeah like zendaya she's in this movie probably like like a total of probably like i don't know 10 minutes of screen time like she's not very much mm-hmm. and also she's being set up very heavily for the sequel like mm-hmm. she you know she's gonna be in it the whole time for that one but um but yeah it's just yeah so uh, it's got me curious, like, because I, I don't know the source material. I haven't read the books. I just I know some stuff, you know, from like what I've heard here and there. Um, but it has me really curious where they're going to be going next, and just the way they ended the story in, in this first movie. It's like it's got me really like, all right, now I'm ready for the cool, like the like. Yeah, it had some. The second half of this movie, like you, you only saw the first half, but the second half gets really, it's really intense and really heavy. And like, you know, once they have the whole, you know, it, from the trailers, you see like a big epic battle going on. Like once they get into that stuff and everything that's happening, um, yeah, it's like it really starts to go. And uh, 
so it has me excited for where they're going to go in this next movie and just yeah it's just the fact that this this movie for such i mean essentially this is like a very big budget uh indie movie in my eyes because it's like you know yeah i see your point denny denny villeneuve like he's he's made some big movies in the last few years and not all of them have hit you know like like yeah he made blade runner what was it 2049 um but like it didn't it, it didn't make a ton of money and you know like but it's, it got a ton of praise so yeah it's like, i feel like a lot of movies he's done he's gotten a lot of praise but not a lot of money sometimes and this movie is it's obviously he's gotten both because he's getting that sequel now and uh yeah it's it's got me really you know like i haven't watched it yet but i really want to go back and watch um arrival you know that was his, his big like one of his big movies that came out a few years back that um me, i think yeah. that one run awards and everything like yeah it's that one's a fucking that 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 might yeah. be one of my favorites like, of his yeah like uh-huh. his visual storytelling is is yeah. so like you can tell he like when it's his movie I want to go back and revisit prisoners actually. Cause I hadn't yeah. seen it since it come out and I don't know. I don't think I was really, I think that was one of those movies where like, I didn't, I didn't really know who he was at the time, what kind of filmmaker he was. And I maybe went into it with not the right mindset that maybe I didn't like it as much. Cause now I just hear so much praise for it. Um, and again, that's such an ensemble cast too. That's Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Terrence Howard, Viola Davis, probably a few years before she really got to become what she is now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I got to go back and revisit that one. Um, yeah, no, but Dune is definitely it's yeah. Dune's I, I, I look forward to when it comes back on HBO max. <laughs> <laughs> so to now, cause I know you had my number two in you were, you had it in your list outside of your top five. Well, I put it in my top five. All right. Zendaya was in Dune, but she's also in my next one, which is fresh in my mind because uh, I just saw it today. It is the new Marvel's big new release. Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow. No way, homie. <laughs> no. Wow. Like, wow. like this is yeah. a fucking. Every Marvel movie has been pretty good. But I feel like there's throughout their now over 10, like 13 years now, they've been releasing yeah. Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like 20 something, like 25 movies or something like that at this point. now. <laughs> yeah. And this one is with like, let me just start by saying Avengers Endgame comes out in 2019. I thought it was fucking what a hell of a finish to that storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think my problem with probably why, I mean, COVID plays into it too, but um, like it took me a little while to get around to Black Widow. It took me a while to, I still haven't watched Shang-Chi. Um, some of the shows on Disney Plus, like I waited to a little bit and everything. I just, I don't know. I feel like I couldn't really bounce back after Endgame maybe as quick as I used to be because you and me used to go see these movies on a regular basis, like on opening night. And I must say, Spider-Man No Way Home, even though it took me almost a week to go see it, I'm like, I'm back in. I'm back <laughs> I'm back yeah. in. You need to fucking see this, first of all, on the big screen. I don't, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't wait till Disney+. Plus. Even if they do that, maybe, I don't know if they're going to do that because of Sony. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think I remember hearing somewhere that like there, I think there was like a deal where Sony with Sony, where it might come to Netflix first and then. Okay. I'm not sure exactly how it works. It's like a whole Sony yeah. thing. But... Um, it's political. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this, you you have to like go see this during the holidays, you know, in between Christmas and New Year's. Don't go on Christmas Day. Let those people go home who work at movie theaters. <laughs> Give them a fucking night off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know that's not happening. No, it's that's not happening, not but I thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> those but... people are there because they need to work. Yeah, most likely, but I don't know. Like, had like don't. So if go you to are a, gonna go, give them give them a tip. Like, don't go to a fucking nine forty five Christmas night movie. Like, let them go home. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is Spider Man No Way Home is one of the. Uh, it's, it, out of the Marvel stuff that's come out since Endgame, this one's my favorite. I know I, I yeah. still haven't seen Shang Chi, but. Uh, I'm just going to say spoiler alert ahead of the time. I'm not going to like say to, I mean, I'm going to say like the, the things uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, scroll ahead about five minutes. Anyway. Well, I, one thing, one thing before you get into too much, spoiler, I just wanted to say like, if you've seen the trailers, you obviously have seen that there's old villains from the old yes. Spider-Man movies coming into it. So it's not too far of a stretch to say that other Spider-Men do make an appearance. But I will I just want to say that because like the way they did this, it's it's a culmination of 20 plus years of Spider-Man stuff that like you and I, I mean, we didn't we didn't know each other at the time, but we had to have gone to see this in theaters. Yeah. Likely down in Hadley. You know, it's yeah. like going I... to see this when we were in like like what middle school or whatever when it came i want to like... say sam raimi's first one was that was like 2002 so i was probably yeah, yeah was like in eighth grade um spider-man 2 is like a couple years yeah i was in high school yeah um look yeah so all these movies basically came out in grade school you know the amazing spider-mans came out while i was in like the college years i'm pretty sure it's we like... saw we saw the uh andrew garfield's the yeah movie. yeah so it's just like just this culmination of all these years of Spider-Man, it's just like fucking sitting there in the theater, just like, I'm a kid again, like sitting in theaters watching Spider-Man. That's kind of what it felt like, like to see, I mean, I don't even know what Tobey Maguire has been in, in the past. Actually, I, I saw a review talking about, this is the first film he's done since 2014. I think it was. I believe it. I don't, I haven't seen him in anything and I know he's, I know he like did Broadway stuff, I think, for a little while. Yeah. But I haven't seen him in a movie. So like and I love how they like thinking actually thinking back, is the last thing he did like was it that that uh Great Gatsby? Because I can't think of anything Maybe. Else after that. Yeah, I really can't either. Um yeah, that was just just seeing him and Andrew Garfield. Um, I love how they br- I, I like so. I knew that was. I I knew they were bringing him back. There was so much. Like, they don't Mar- show those villains without like. Yeah, okay, like, they're gonna be there. Like yeah. Like there was so much internet talk last yeah. year, and plus with the success of Spider into the Spider Verse, like there was yeah. so many people being like, now they're gonna do it in live action. Yeah, <laughs> like I just remember thinking, like Marvel's doing a good job of like you know I can either confirm or deny that's happening. Yeah, but. Like, and I mean, the, I've seen like there's 
edits you can look up online of like uh all the times andrew garfield lied about not being in this movie yeah it's like but it's like what do you want him to do admit it and then get fucking ass handed to him by disney you know it's like you want to just ruin this big surprise that he's been paid a ton of money not spoil like yeah Um, (laughs) this is like i mean the the three of them on screen together is so fucking cool my favorite moment is when Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man saves MJ yeah. and how bittersweet it is for him because of yeah. what happened to his character in his movie with just being a split second late with being able to save um, uh, Gwen. Gwen Stacy. Uh, I just thought that was such a beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, it was the comp, like when I say it's the culmination of 20 years, like, the fact that they gave each of these characters those moments to, to, you know, to really bring them full circle and to give them those, like, you know, like that look on Andrew Garfield's face where it's like, and he asks MJ, are you okay? And she's just like, are you okay? Yeah. He's, yeah. And like, yeah. And that's one of those things where like Andrew Garfield, like you, yeah, you see why this guy kills it whenever he's in a movie. I feel like his him being just, in that, Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> oh no, I just he like he kills it whenever he's in like yeah. he's I don't I never seen something that I was like he was bad in that. You know? Yeah, no. Um he uh I feel like him being in this film was a very redemptive tale for yeah. him as that character because I like that moment too in the movie where they're like he's talking about like oh I'm not as cool as you guys you guys are fine he's like they're like no no you're amazing like, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's like a meta moment but also yeah. like you know just like they, yeah he's... I, I just I, I always thought he was good in the role and I think yeah. the first Amazing Spider-Man is a pretty good movie but I think mm-hmm. the second one kind of falls apart but I don't think it's his fault yeah you know it just sony was trying to compete and create their own universe and they you know fell on their asses yeah and unfortunately he lost a job because of it yeah and i i have to agree with a lot of people who in the past i've heard people say like toby was the better peter and andrew was the better spider-man um i can see that like the the separation of the characters you know and then like you have tom holland who actually is like doing a good job at both um but you know yeah so it's just like and just the getting the chance to see these guys interacting and like they're they're the same character but slightly different and just mm. like those interactions that they have with each other even though it's the last like 45 minutes of the movie or something like that just those i mean when they have that conversation about uh, um like uh you know, before the big battle and they're like talking about the coolest villains they fought and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, you know, like we have organic, or you have organic webs and we have the, the web shooters, like that whole conversation. Like, yeah. You know, it's just so many fun moments. And, and that's all like in the end of it, we didn't even talk about all the cool stuff that happens, you know, the first, you know, like hour and a half. To yeah. This movie. You know, it's just, so much of this movie that it has going on so great it it felt like I, I we could do an entire episode on it and um yeah if there was time for me maybe we should but yeah. uh it, it just it felt like sometimes when like you can tell they're making it for the fans like yeah. it's it's nice like it felt it felt like it was for the fans but at the same time like it 
it, nothing happened unnecessarily. I, like, I know nothing like, felt forced. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when they're, you know, giving you little wink, giving winks to the audience, yeah. they, they weren't like throwing, it, they weren't throwing it, member berries at you. Like, yeah. Remember but like, this? I, I like mm-hmm. it, but I'm just kind of like, come on. Like, I know, I know. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm kind of cynical like that, but yeah. everything was warranted and it was still just a good movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the it's, motivations behind the characters, like you understand it, you know, you get what's like what they're doing there and why. And the special thing about it for me, and I'm going to say two more things on it and then I'm going to move on. Um, first thing was, is again, I knew Toby Maguire was going to be in it. I knew Adam, Adam Garfield was going to be it. But when the, the scene happens, when they yeah. come into the story and they like, I'm not going to go into detail how it happens, but when it happens, I like, it's almost like, cause everything up until then, I know they're coming. I know they're going to have show up in the third act, but when they bring Adam Garfield's character, Spider-Man in like right before it happens, I'm thinking it's going to be Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. But then I go like, Oh no, Oh no, this is how they're going to, Oh, this is fucking cool. Like, I'm like, yeah. no, that's one of the older Spider-Man's. Okay, cool. Cool. That's one. That's one thing I like that Marvel sometimes do. Like when you sense they're going to give you some fan service, they still and you know they still will do it to you in a way you don't expect. And yeah. the second thing I want to say is I think the reason I, I I mean I love Batman, I love Superman, a couple of the Captain America, and I don't think I always say how much I like Spider Man. I mean I'm still wearing the Spider Man shirt that I wore to the theater today, <laughs> but I feel like out of all the Marvel characters. I am hearing Stan Lee's voice the most Yeah. when I'm like reading a Spider-Man comic or watching one of the movies or one of the cartoons. I feel like, you know, I know he created all these characters, but I'm hearing Stan Lee yeah. the most. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, well, Spider-Man was his guy. Like that was his, yeah. that was the, the, I think that was his big break character. Yeah. Like he, he, you know this spider-man you know and and like in the fact that spider-man like that that image of his face became like a thing on the covers of so many of their comic books like it was just in the corner you know for a lot of their their stuff like it's like he was essential to the marvel universe really yeah all right well there you have it uh go see it in theaters don't wait for it to pop up somewhere else. Go, go see it on a big screen. It's so much worth it. Yeah. Uh, and just the, the acting that's being done by those, those villains in it. Like, yep. Like, yeah. Like Willem Dafoe coming back and Alfred Molina coming back. Like those, like, yeah, the other ones, they, they did a great job. Like Jamie Foxx. He's, he's great. And he has a few like really good. I liked him a lot better in this than. Amazing yeah. Spider-Man yeah. Too. But, um, but yeah, like Alfred Molina and, and, and Willem Dafoe just they they kill it and like that they they did the thing where they proved in this movie that Willem Dafoe never needed a mask his face is just way too much like a goblin yeah (laughs) he pulled that shit off like when he when they're having that big fight in the high rise and uh it's just like that brutal fight between him and Peter and like Peter's just punching him in the face and Willem Dafoe is just laughing at him. Yeah. <laughs> like that giving him that face is like, holy shit. How has this guy never been cast as the Joker? Because mm. he could just, 
he would like i remember seeing all those fan edits of him as the joker and it's just like yeah but then you see this and it's like yeah i can <laughs> see it <laughs> like this guy just killed it like yeah he's he's definitely a great goblin and yeah i the way that he pulled that like the whole duality of his character and everything yeah it's so good and it makes me want to go back and rewatch those old movies again. i'm making a point to yeah rewatch even amazing spider-man 2 which i didn't really care for but i yeah. don't know it did, it did make you it had its moments it, it, yeah, it, it had its yeah, it, it it was a little messy, but it, I don't think it's a god awful movie. Yeah, but, um... like some of the ways that they like, <clears throat> like when they showed the moments where, like in that um that scene when he has that first encounter with Electro and he has the, like using the spider sense to save all those people on those stands and he's like the whole thing is about to be electrocuted and he's doing like the way that they do moments like that in that movie was just so well done that like. You know, it's like okay, they got all they got so much right with Spider Man, but then they did all this weird stuff where he's like stalking and uh, Gwen for some mm-hmm. reason for a long time, and it's like a big part of this movie becomes a relationship drama. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but yeah, it, that's it's just yeah, it definitely had its moments, and this one just like I said, culmination of twenty years, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, all right, what is your I know it's not your number one of the year. I have a number one of the year, but uh, what is your final one of uh, 2021? So my last one on my list, uh, it's a show that everybody has been talking about, uh, or at least they were talking about it last month. Uh, it's been it died out a little bit, but squid game. Squid game. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I've, bringing this one up because i mean it's just it became the biggest thing like that everybody was talking about for the last you know like i don't know when did it when did it become big i think it was around october i think it was october October, but i feel like it dropped like a month before i all right yeah not to brag i don't know if you've listened to previous episodes but i did an asian cinema episode yeah I, i had to listen to that one um, but like, I feel like, I think I mentioned this. I feel, uh, I feel like it was on a month before it really caught its stride. I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah. cause I remember before the hype hit, I would scroll past and I'd be like, this is a game show. <laughs> like, yeah. It was a game show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never even, I didn't even hear about it, you know, uh, until, uh, like some people that I, I, you know, friends of mine that I game with, you know, like playing video games on my PlayStation, you know, I just fucking around games one day. And then some of my friends were just like, have you heard about this show called Squid Game? Like, tell me a little bit about it. And just, you know, like, you got to check it out. We don't want, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you need to check it out. So it's just like, you ended up checking out a trailer, was intrigued. So I ended up, you know, watching, uh, you know, putting it on one night when I was just like, uh, you know, slow night, not much going on. I'll, I'll throw on an episode, check it out. Um, then several hours later, it's like 3 a.m. and I have work the next morning, but I still I had to watch that next episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I, I, I ended up on the uh, I think I got to the episode with the um, uh, tug of war. Yeah. And, and the way that it just ends on that cliffhanger, I was like, 
well, fuck, now I got to watch the next episode. <laughs> like, I can't leave it there. Taking a personal day tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't. I went to work. Oh, man. You know, I was miserable, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> then I think I took off early and then came home and watched the rest of Squid Game. Because but... <laughs> I was like, I need to finish the show. Like, it's so fucking good. Uh, it just, it, caught, it really got me. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, I... I bringing the show one of the reasons i put it on my list as well it's it's just the fact that it blew up so heavily that it, as it did for you know a foreign you know a foreign a foreign film foreign tv show i don't have everyone a classic about it um but it just you know uh, something you know from you know an international audience or an international you know filmmakers uh that just caught on so heavily and like it it really brought that that uh, debate of subs versus dubs to the forefront that in a way that I hadn't seen as much as like with um did you watch it anything really in I, subtitles I, I, or with dubs subs I, interesting because I when I hit play it was yeah it, it was dubbed yeah I I changed it immediately as soon as I noticed that and just like the voice acting and the dubs was shit yeah and look I, I will attest, and I, I like to always say that I watch things with subtitles because dub does kind of take you out of it. And yeah. I mean, and not, even just like, like, not even just like Asian stuff, but yeah, like I remember me and my wife were watching uh, like a murder mystery thing and it was out of Iceland. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, these these are the worst voice actors at we went three episodes and shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will attest to the fact that I did watch squid game in dub and I still enjoyed it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've, I have heard the debate of like, Oh, well you can't understand what they're saying. Like, what is it? Yeah. Matter? You can't tell the acting. Like, yeah, you can definitely tell. Like, yeah. When we're watching the sub version, just like, these people are pouring their hearts into some of these, you know, yeah. these things that are going on. Like it, it was really effective the way they did it. And just, you know, even though in just the fact that I had to read the whole move, the whole show, like it had me, it had me paying attention a lot more. It's not like it wasn't that deal where I'm watching a show and then like stick around looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's just like, Oh wait, what just happened? I need to rewind it. And then I end up looking at my phone again and doing have to repeat the process. So I, I um, just I just really like like I think Squid Game was absolutely great and deserves yeah. praise for being best of the year. But I love what it's doing now. Oh yeah, the fact that it's opened the floodgates yep. for for South Korean cinema and Asian cinema. I mean, I heard a lot of uh, a lot of like. Uh, I'll, I'll bring up the, the term again, film snobs who are like, oh, other movies have done it better, you know, like Battle Royale, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but this movie, like this show doesn't take anything away from those. If anything, this show will make people go back and watch those things. Yeah. Because they're going to be interested in like, I really like this. I want to go and see more stuff like this, you know, like, you know, like I yeah i mean you you brought up uh on your episode talk about like that that hellbound show i haven't i haven't watched it yet but i that was one that i saw like was blowing up on netflix as well that i put on my watch list and 
I saw another one, uh, a trailer recently. I think it was called The Silent Sea. Uh, yeah, it's a South Korean movie. It's coming out soon about uh, maybe a TV show. I'm not sure, but you know about space travel. I think going to the moon. Yeah, um, and uh, I even noticed it has one of the actors from Squid Game in it, who uh, he played that gangster guy. Um, yeah, just like you know, and and yeah, that that train to Busan, like you just mentioned, like that's that's another one that I remember hearing about blowing up a few years ago. Um, it's such a good movie. It's yeah. it, it has a um, and I, I I feel like it's cringeworthy now that I say this, but because <laughs> I talk about Shutter so much on this show, but yeah. Shutter has a Shutter original animated feature film called uh, Soul Station, and it's mm-hmm. a prequel to Train to Busan. Oh yeah, and it's it's really fucking good. And I I guess there's also a American version in pre-production, which I'm nervous about. But because, you know, yeah. sometimes us Americans ruin these foreign adaptations. <laughs> but, you know, some of us, sometimes we get it right. But um, but I think it's called like Train to New York. And I was like, we'll see what happens. But yeah, thank God for a movie like Parasite winning Best Picture that has a commentary on class in South Korea, because that may have greenlit Squid Game. It felt like. Yeah. Uh, and like in, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, another thing too is just like the fact that I mean, even though, like the fact that I heard about this show not from like film places or anything, but from people that I game with, like just you know dicking around playing video games, like like that's not something I heard from about with like Squid Game, you know, like people weren't talking about. I mean, not Squid. We're talking about Parasite, you know, like like yeah, it, I, people were talking about that in, within like film groups and you know film friends that i know but for this show to have broken through to even like gaming people who are just like it's like they they wanted to talk about it so much that they were just like you have to see this and then come back so we can talk about it because that shit was crazy and we need to like you know like so many people were just like have you seen this oh i don't want to spoil it you're gonna go watch it right now yeah (laughs) you know it just it, it it really blew up in a way that you know, it has me excited for what else is going to be greenlit from those, you know, that part of the country and just in like any, really anywhere. I mean, the fact that Netflix just was like, all right, we'll just put this out there and see what happens. And now it's blown up and it's like now people are talking about like, oh, I hope it gets another season because mm-hmm. like the way they ended it off, you know, it's, and like I, I could see them doing another season or I could see them just being like, that was the story we wanted to tell. Yeah. Like sometimes Asian cinema is like that, where they're just like, we told our story. The next, the rest is up to you. Let the Americans adapt it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They'll give it their like, you know, little ribbon of an ending, like tie a ribbon around that shit. But yeah, it just, it's, it was so good. Um, The, the way that they like, that god just the that marble episode i i before i even Brutal. saw that episode yeah that before i even saw it i just like in that gaming group i saw somebody somebody was just you know they didn't want to spoil it but all they said was just like i never thought a game of marbles would make me cry <laughs> so yeah. like our, i saw that i was just like all right i, I definitely need to check out this show because what is happening in here like <laughs> what, yeah, and then is. i get to that episode and it's just like oh god 
like yeah yeah and just the acting i mean i can't tell i can't say for the dub version but just it was so like so heartbreaking and just god it's like uh with like um ollie's character you know <laughs> the way he went out and just and that uh what what's her name you know i forget what her name was but you know that other girl who was you know paired up with uh um uh yeah with the 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 main girl that was in the show um God, i'm drawing a blank on her name too but uh yeah just I know like they they had such a great way of like the first few episodes building these characters up so you're like yeah this this is our team these are our guys and then the but second you know half gonna of fall the season apart. yeah and then the second half of the season you know like i went into this thinking like there's no way that it's going to be like a bunch of winners it's going to definitely come down to one person but I, over the course of this show you're just you get invested in, and you're just like fuck i have to watch them die <laughs> you know that first episode you're like oh yeah this is crazy you get to watch all these people die and then afterwards you're like no i gotta watch them die <laughs> yeah yeah that that's i i, I like the snyder cut like what more can i say about squid game that it's just yes. but it it really yeah it's i don't know yeah <laughs> and, and yeah like i i definitely plan on checking out that hell it's got rewatch I, value uh, too which oh I yeah netflix has a lot yeah. of i mean i i actually ended up um Rewatching most of the season the second time with uh, my brother and his girlfriend because yeah. they were on a trip and they they came back home and they only were like a couple episodes in and uh, apparently they had been watching it with um my brother's girlfriend's parents and uh, apparently their parents are just like they will not watch things with subtitles so they were forced <laughs> to watch the dub version so when they came back to watch in my it day, day we had John Wayne <laughs> yeah so. <laughs> So yeah, when they came to watch it with me at the house, they uh, I, I watched the sub version with them because you know it's the superior version. <laughs> All right, Squid Game. Um, so my final one of the episode here and of 2021, and my I know we weren't really going in exact order; we just went with five. But I, I think I just I was really thinking about, it and I I kind of hinted at this like a couple months ago on the show. Uh, when I was did a mailbag episode and people asked me questions uh, as of like late October, early November, this film was my favorite of the year. And I pretty certain it still is. And it kind of critically was received really well uh, financially. I think it kind of bombed. Um, but uh, last night in Soho, Edgar Wright's yeah. swing at a horror movie. Yeah. And I don't is, know um, if you saw it. This did is one that, yeah, no, I didn't get the chance to go see this one. I um, I definitely wanted to try and check it out, so I'll have to like look it up. I'm assuming it's VOD somewhere. Uh, I don't know if it's out VOD yet, but um, yeah, it, it'll it'll pop up like things always do. Uh, it it strictly was in the theaters, like you couldn't do a day and yeah. day release thing or didn't show up on HBO Max because I think it was the studio behind it. Um, yeah, but this is. This movie is just my bag. The, the, like, you know, for you to, if you don't know the plot, anybody uh, just say it, you know, it's about a young girl uh, who's going to fashion design school in London. She's like a girl from the countryside. And, um, you know, she, she's, you know, dealing with mean girls. So she decides to leave her dorm and get like a little one bedroom apartment. 
and she's mysteriously transported to the 1960s, the swinging 60s of London, where she basically kind of becomes like, you know, sees herself in like a mirror as this famous club singer played by um, Anna Taylor Joy, who is just fucking haunting in this movie. Yeah. And like she kind of goes. I know she's played haunting in a lot of things. Yeah. So. She's, yeah. Dude. <laughs> Um, but she, uh, so basically she kind of gets to live this life of this club singer at night in the 1960s. But unfortunately, um, Anna Taylor Joy's character starts to live a very tragic life and Mm -hmm. what she is living out at night comes into her life during the day and starts to fuck things up and things get really scary. Um, Mm. I I saw this with my wife. She's not, it it doesn't really, Um, I mean, I know I talk horror movies and genre films a lot on this show uh, now, but uh, it's a two-hour movie, and the first hour isn't really a horror movie. It's very Edgar Wright and how stylized he is as a director, and I will admit, I don't think I jumped at his movies a lot 10 years ago. Uh, It took me a while to kind of come around to Shaun of the Dead and those other movies, and it really wasn't until Baby Driver, and even Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I was, I I don't know, I, I just took me a little while but um baby driver i saw and i was like okay all right this guy (laughs) can make like a 1960s 1970s style heist movie uh car chase heist movie i was like all right um but and then just hearing edgar wright on like other podcasts where he's sitting down with quentin tarantino and they're geeking out about movies that i've never fucking heard of but now i want to (laughs) see yeah and i'm just kind of like oh he like this he fucking knows like he is a very stylized director and I don't think I ever really gave him a lot of credit. And I think this is probably the reason why this is number one on my list is, and you don't get movies like this much more. You don't get a director who's literally opening his bag of tricks and putting it up, up, up on the big screen. There's very few directors that I think you get to see that these days it's just people working within the studio or streamer system following mm. some sort of formula. And there's nothing wrong with formula, but uh, I just, I think Edgar Wright is just firing on all cylinders in this movie with how South things go in the second hour of this film. Um, yeah. I never really got into the 1960s UK cinema vibe, but I, I must say he makes it look very intriguing uh, the music in this movie makes me want to just run out to a record store and track down a lot of a lot of these bands. <laughs> it's just it's just a, it was just a beautiful horror movie. Um, yeah. Has a great cast in it as well. Uh, the late great Diane Rigg, who's also from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, uh, she's she's in it. Um, she's a very pivotal character when it comes to the climax of the movie. She has a great great payoff <laughs> with her character. Not to give anything away. But yeah. um, I'd say go see it in the theater, but I don't think it's in theaters anymore. But I feel like this is the kind of movie like you might see pop up 15, 20 years from now. We're doing a screening of Last Night in Soho. I, I don't think this movie found its audience yet. Yeah. And I think maybe it will. And, you know, everybody who I've talked to that saw it loved it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I don't know if you ever heard like the term Italian giallo movies. They're like these murder mystery killer movies. 
from like mm-hmm. the 60s and 70s. I feel like Edgar Wright gets his shit for this movie from those kind of genre films. This guy, yeah. he just he just knows what he's doing. Like, I kind of want to go back and give like some of the movies he did 15 years ago a bit of a second chance that I didn't hate, but I didn't really maybe appreciate. So mm-hmm. that's my number one of 2021 is Last Night in Soho. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely one I want to go back and watch. I just I I just I didn't get the chance to see it. You know, it's just that deal where really I, I went to go see movies in theaters that I like absolutely had to see on a big screen you know like it took me almost until like a month after it was out to go see dune i uh but yeah i just i yeah that's definitely one of those ones where it's like as soon as i see that it's on vod you know i'll I'll have to go check it out you know i I think i i don't know if i mentioned it on the show or before we got into it but i I, same thing with that you know like pig and you know there's like so many was it? I I kept hearing it was so good, and I just I didn't get the chance to see it. It's depressing. And I didn't see awesome. it in the, the yeah, I didn't see it playing anywhere. So I was like, ah, I got I gotta like rent it somewhere because it's like only option there is right now. You know, there's so many movies that came out like that over the last year that was just like, I guess I gotta fucking rent it. Shit. It's on Hulu right now. So is more it? reason. I it, I watched it on Hulu. It was the second time I watched. It. I saw it in theaters. If we yeah. did a top ten list. That may have been in there. So Pig's an honorable mention. Pig with Nicolas Cage, if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Real quick, to wrap it up, looking ahead to 2022, what are we looking forward to? Um, Well, I mean, God, there's there's a ton of stuff. Uh, One of the things that I saw a trailer for recently, there's actually two trailers I saw recently that I really am looking forward to. the, that A24 movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Uh, it looks looks so fucking good. Yeah. You know, A24 doing a multiverse <laughs> kung fu movie starring Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Fuck yeah. She's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. She's, I like how she's having like a renaissance the past Yeah, years. yeah. Yeah, she did that. Well, I think she was Crazy Rich Asians. and She was in yeah, Gunpowder was, Milkshake too. Which... Yeah, yeah. Was okay, but she yeah she she's actually in Shang Chi. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, Yeah, it's yeah she's so that that looks so good. Uh, There's another one that I just saw a trailer for that uh, actually another Nicolas Cage one that um, I think it's God what was it called? It's like the unbearable weight of massive talent. I think it was Uh, the trailer just dropped like last week. Yeah, he plays himself. Yeah, playing himself, uh, getting hired by a, a, a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever, played by Pedro Pascal. He's like Nicolas Cage's number one fan. And it just looks like those two getting into hijinks together. So it's like you're just pairing up Ghost Rider with the Mandalorian and let them go nuts with each other. <laughs> I'm uh, awesome. I'm I'm really excited for I think you and me are both excited for the Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt Reeves, this was a great decision to have him direct a, this. Oh my I mean, god! Watching the watching the trailer is just like, yo, is this like a David Fincher movie? Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be. It, it's gonna. This better not be an awful movie because I'm gonna be really uh, down. I have I, a very I strong feeling it's not going to be. Yeah, those those trailers like it's it really blew me away though. Like that first trailer. Based on the fact that they made that trailer off of only like a few weeks to a month worth of work or however much, like 
they did that trailer and then they like got hit with COVID. So they had to shut down or something like that. But just that was an amazing trailer. And then the second trailer, like, yeah, it's so much better because they had like, it's finished now, but it's just like, God, like Colin it's... Farrell under heavy makeup as Oswald yeah. Cobblepot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, that's going to be great. And, uh, God, no, they did a they did that again that whole in production trailer they did mm. that for the flash movie yep um another batman thing that they have in there you know having bring mm. back michael keaton like that's mm. that's got me so excited too i mean and um, I he's think another news, news he's another today. actor that's i was he's had another actor who's been getting a renaissance as well so i think some news broke today he's signing on for another one really yeah <laughs> uh like today as we record this I'll have to um, check that out. That's that's awesome if it's true. <laughs> one yeah. one film I want to watch that we're recording this a couple days before Christmas this is going to air the Monday after Christmas. Um, I will probably have seen it by then because I think I'm going to go Christmas Day or the day after. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie, Licorice Pizza. Uh, yeah. uh, I just I, I didn't I wasn't born in the 70s. I didn't grow up in the 70s, but there's something about like just how that movie looks where i'm like i'm gonna fucking eat this movie up well i mean fuck one of my favorite movies like coming of age story type movies is days confused like that's yeah kind of 70s you know like i you know obviously like you were saying like we didn't live through any of that shit i was born in 88 like <laughs> yeah long after the 80s uh, 70s but yeah just i mean it probably also goes back to like I have fond memories of that 70s show and that's probably yeah. where it started. <laughs> but I mean, this movie has um, the debut of uh, uh, Phil, excuse me. This movie has a debut of Philip Seymour Hoffman's son in oh, one yeah. of the lead roles. Uh, it's also got some small like featured roles played by uh, Bradley Cooper, who I heard is really scene stealing in it. And Sean yeah. Penn shows up too. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I just love Paul Thomas Anderson films. So I'm, I might yeah. just, I don't care if I go by myself Christmas night or I twist my arm, my wife's arm to come with me. But um, I'm excited yeah. for that. Who knows? Like I might have to like do a follow up Monday morning when this drops and be like, nope, licorice pizza. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a quick insert, like, and this. Okay, good. I'll just, that'll be the intro for the show. Like, hey guys, uh, by the way, I saw licorice pizza. So everything you're about to say, these are just some movies, but licorice pizza is my favorite movie of the year. Um. All right. Yeah, man. Disregard everything you're about to hear. Licorice pizza, <laughs> which sounds yeah, disgusting, okay. by the way. But <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Another well, one that I, I just wanted to bring this up real quick. Uh, the last, you know, one thing I, I definitely want to check out that's out right now that just came out. Uh, that Matrix Resur- Resurrections. Yeah, um, I might. I'm what? probably gonna check it out on HBO Max because I keep hearing, like. I keep hearing a lot of bad things about it. So I'm like, I don't know if it's a deal where I yeah. want to spend the money to go see it. If I, if I end up liking it on, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. But yeah, it's so far it's been, I've been hearing a lot of not great things. So I'm um, curious, which really has me bummed out. Cause I really loved the, those couple of first trailers that came out. Right. Like, too. I'll yeah. check it out and we will reconvene at some point. Yeah. But it's, you know, I'm interested at least, you know, I mean, I, ton of people hated those sequels to those movies and I actually really enjoyed them. So I kind of, I didn't really care for revolutions, but I like reloaded. 
I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't get the hate. I, I really liked Matrix Reloaded. Some of the special effects seemed like they maybe could have done some better rendering, but I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Yeah, and like a lot of people had problems with like in Revolutions, the like the fact that they're out of the Matrix for so long. But honestly, I just, I really enjoyed the battle, like the actual showing the battles in Zion. Like mm. that was just really cool and yeah something different you know like they weren't just rehashing you know the movie like that's definitely one thing you can say about those that series is that they were not afraid to just do something different with those sequels you know it's not like they were doing the same movie over and over all right well thank you for talking for three hours with me about movies (laughs) uh you have a great well but well christmas will have already happened but you have a merry christmas Yes. Have a happy new year as well. And here's to more movies coming up in 2022 to talk about on uh, the basement. Yeah. There's gotta be so much. I, I, that's why I need to keep, I've been making lists on my phone just as like, you know, for what you watch and just to make sure I don't miss (laughs) it. Cause like, yeah, there's so much that comes out. We I will. Mean, sh- I mean, I had stuff on my list today that I had to cross out because it's like I just can't talk about everything, even though I want to. You know, like I randomly had a thought about Hawkeye that I uh, wanted to bring up that I forgot to, but you know, whatever. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I let you say it, but I need to go to bed. Um, yeah, you can text it. To I me. need to. I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, everybody have a great holiday. Uh, watch some movies, spend some time with some family, uh, watch some stuff we said here tonight. It's a lot of it's pretty contemporary stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll see you in 2022 on the basement. Take care, everybody.